the topic. Talking about gun industry, gun media, gun. You, you mean the horse? You mean the horse and shills in print? Exactly. <laughs> gun media and print sucks, and are a bunch of clickbait people that really have no clue doing what they're doing. Yeah, hundred yes. percent. I'm yes. good with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm back to doing that now. <laughs> it's okay. You at least know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm here I, to just get beaten up on. That that's I, my purpose. I was no, thinking that, that, about I was thinking about my worst moment driving up here and the email from Pat started out with hey brother you fucked this up. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that was the nicest feedback I got on that one article. I remember my first article in Surefire Combat Tactics and I got one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that was in the heyday of gun writing when it actually paid like huge money. So it was nice. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I wrote for SWAT. I never got paid well. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. I wrote one, two articles, I think, and that was about it. I did a few for, let's see here. I did a couple for Recoil and a couple for more for Breach Bang Clear. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever got paid, but my, no. I don't think I was looking for it. It's because your name's not Merrill. Ah. Wow. Oh. Wow. Hey, wait a minute. Mm. I did photography for him when he came out to Darcy. It's okay. My, it's my, my name's in the in print. That was cool. <laughs> that was cool that he, he showed up to do that. And I think he had a blast. Mm. That was years ago, but still. Was Whatever. he up for or a student? No, he was a student. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. I said something in some group something actually somewhat positive about Taurus and mm. clearly you have to get the third degree, but I said, yeah, I got these guns. This is how it works. And I didn't get, but I didn't get paid. This mm -hmm. is you get, you get guns for kind of a T and E kind of a demo assessment thing. Mm -hmm. This is normal. This is not considered payment. And that seems to be something that's I don't I don't know if the the normal public is aware that things like that occur. They're aware. It's just some hatred for some oh, okay. obvious reason or entitlement um, over like the million years. You know, it's that all of us here have kind of been doing it. Like, yeah, I've gotten guns from shit. I've sent guns back. Yeah, I've yep. sent a lot of guns back. I'm like, cool. Here it is. Hey, if I like it, like, how much is this thing going to cost me? Right. Yeah. And it's usually either really discounted or it's well. It's just a writer's gun. So here, just take yeah. it. We've got a whole pool of them in a the locker that were blems or the finish wasn't yeah. right or whatever. Like, yeah, like I've had those guns and I've sent a lot of guns back too. Yeah. And then also, if something winds up not working the way anyone was hoping, we still bring it up. When the when the Taurus 327 had an issue, yeah. I, I let, I let uh, Brett know immediately, hey, I, I mm -hmm. want to run this right away. Are you okay if I do that? Yeah. Make sure that I, and he's like, no, just, just do it. I'm like, okay, yeah. sweet. And it was an some, easy fix. Yeah. Some places the bad stuff never makes print, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, they're, they're not going to come out and say something bad. It's just not going to make it into print other places. And there's fewer of them, but there's still some that will, will be like, yeah, now warts and all, here's what happened with the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Whatever. The one thing, yeah, and the one thing that my wife doesn't seem to quite pick up on is 
and I think I learned this from a Mr. Steve Fisher, the, the faux pas of how, if you have some of these items, what you do with them and that you don't just have a garage sale and sell everything because that's mm. no, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, for me, yeah, for me, it's been awesome because I have uh, a bunch of Walthers and now I have some Tori and I have some other stuff. And when, when buddies want to, when they're in the market for guns or they're, they're instructors and they need demo guns here, use these. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised at the number of carbines over the years that have been good guns that I have given to cops. Yeah at PDs that have had, Hey, look, we've got these old Bushmaster 20 inch, whatever guns and our red dots are falling apart. I'm like, I got something for you. Just get me an FFL. Yeah. You know, I'll send this carbine out to you with this, whatever optic on it. That's all good. That's all known. And here you go. Yep. You know, just pass it on forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's uh, yeah. Th- there are aspects of this that people aren't quite, Hey, Mike's here. Uh, that aren't, uh, completely familiar with big tech's ordinance has everything from complete firearms to oem and aftermarket parts if you're looking to put together your first ar-15 they have everything from those parts that you need to the tools that are going to be essential if you're looking for suppressors night vision handheld lights weapon lights sights or optics you name it big tech's has it all not only that they're offering all those brands that we like go visit them at bigtechsordinance.com Overwatch Precision is a team of civilians and combat veterans based in Phoenix, Arizona, that employ industry-leading production methods, coatings, and materials in their striker-fired polymer-framed pistol trigger systems. With an internal engineering team focused on thoughtful design, Overwatch's flat-faced and curved triggers safely deliver a mechanical advantage to your carry or duty Glock, Walther, CZ, P10, and Smith & Wesson MMP 2.0 with improved function and increased accuracy. See more at overwatchprecision.com. Filster makes awesome holsters. But not only that, they also happen to be one of those companies that are trendsetters. A lot of their designs are emulated by other companies. Not only does Filster make those holsters, but they also provide concealment systems like the Enigma, the Flex. They also have a lot of solutions when it comes to concealment solutions for medical. If you need to have a concealment first aid kit, they happen to sell them. Check them out at filsterholster.com. Primary Arms Government recently showed off a new giveaway, which features a new Daniel Defense M4 V7 rifle, complete with GLX 1-6 power first focal plane rifle scope, PLX mount, and more. These monthly giveaways are only open to first responders and members of the military, so there's way less competition for the big prize. Entry is also completely free with no purchase necessary, ever. So if you want to have a chance to win, just visit primaryarms.com government and hit the giveaway button at the top. Walther is the performance leader in the firearms industry, renowned throughout the world for its innovation since Carl Walther and his son Fritz created the first blowback semi-automatic pistol in 1908. Today, the innovative spirit builds off the invention of the concealed carry gun with the PPK series by creating the PPQ, PPS, and the Q5 match steel frame series. Military, police, and other government security groups in every country of the world have rely on the high-quality craftsmanship and rugged durability of Walther products. 
Walther continues its long tradition of technical expertise and innovation in the design and production of firearms. For more information, visit WalterArms.com. Hey everyone, Matt Lanfer here with Primary and Secondary. Welcome to Modcast. The episode number is 322. The topic we will be discussing is firearms media. Today is November 29th, 2022. Um, firearms media is just an interesting topic for me, having written for a couple different companies, having written for myself, uh, having friends, many friends that are, that are involved in this. It's interesting to compare what my friends are doing to other places and what they're doing and to see who's full of it and who knows what they're talking about and who's trying to get a check and who's just trying to provide good info. So that's yeah, interesting. And unfortunately the, the, uh, the, the person, the consumer of all of this is not always aware of everyone's backgrounds or whether people should be talking about certain topics or not. We'll talk about that. So my background's in law enforcement. I've been doing the cops, the cop thing since last century, uh, getting close to retirement, almost still a couple of years to go. Um, been a hot topic with my wife and I trying to figure out, okay, what's, what's B plan now? We're getting close to being done. Am I going to continue? Am I going to retire? Am I going to jump back in? I don't know. I am going to continue primary and secondary though. Uh, let's see here. I believe we are going on eight years now. Um, started in 2014, the podcast started in 2016. It's been an awesome ride. It's super educational for me. I know I personally have grown tremendously. Um, I just love to be able to <clears throat> also uh, help people figure stuff out and to gain new perspectives. It's just awesome. Love it. But that's me. I think it's time that we hear from the panelists. Dan? Uh, yeah, so I think I'm probably the newest guy here. Uh, I've been writing for just under five years, um, primarily online. I've uh, uh, one article in print so far. Outside of that, uh, I was in the military for a while, a little bit of firearms instruction on the side, contract for the government now. Um, so, yeah, that's the short. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did forget to say something. As these guys are given their backgrounds, even though Dan didn't say anything about it, specifics where he's working or anything like that if he does pay attention pay attention where these guys say that they who they work for any products they bring up the the big thing i love to say with every episode and i try to say it multiple times is make sure you're supporting those sources that you have found to be beneficial what i mean by that is when the good guys are sharing something it probably deserves a little bit of attention uh, there's this whole algorithm thing. We talk about it all the time. And the algorithm doesn't necessarily work in favor of the good sources of information. It definitely works in favor of the things that get gets clicks. Most of the time, that's going to be entertainment. But ultimately, the algorithm is in place for the benefit of the company that is hosting it. It's not It's not for your benefit. It's not for me. It's for it's money making. Now, unfortunately, the good sources of information are not always the most popular. That's just how it works. This is where you come in. This is where I come in. This is where we all come in. When we hear good stuff, it needs a like, it needs a share. It probably needs a subscription that goes with everything with primary and secondary. So bear in mind when guys are bringing stuff up, if they say who they're affiliated with, check it out. If they're sharing some, some tidbit of information or they share a link that's really beneficial to you, 
not only give it a like, but make sure you give it a share because that's helping them out. And in turn, that's helping the entire community because what we're doing is we are promoting, we are promoting good sources of information, especially those that are beneficial that are helping us. So Eric. Uh, retired cop, which doesn't mean I know very much at all. Uh, writing wise, I wrote for SWAT for about eight years back in the OOs uh, when Denny Hansen was the editor there, became a reformed gun writer, went to the meetings on Friday nights and we thought I was just going to live that one out until in the last year where I got reached out to to take over editing for American Cop, uh, which is part of the firearms media group. So it's American Handgunner, Guns, Shooting Industry, and American Cop. That's uh, online. I've been editing for them since just before shot this year. So kind of seeing it from the writer's perspective a while back and now from writing and editing on this side of things. How is it? Has it improved? Being on the editing side as well, more you know, it's, it, it's it's a little bit more headache. Um, the social media stuff wasn't there when I started, so we weren't doing stuff you know online the way we are and having to deal with the different platforms and produce content that wasn't just pictures and words. But now we're having pr to produce video. Now we're having to do podcasts, um, which it's not bad negative. It's just it's different. It's different yeah. from the writing world that I was in before. Um, and realizing, like, I just did a piece this week on um, a new weapon-mounted light and put as much time into shooting video with it as I did photo yep. and working with the light to see how things were going to work out with it. So, and, you know, the other one thing nice now is I get a chance to give some new voices. Yeah. You know, I just had a friend of Steve's and mine got her first piece published this last week, and it was pretty gratifying to see her get positive feedback off her first piece, which wasn't gun related. It was cop related, but it was still, she, she got her toes into it and got a chance to do stuff. Whereas, you know, before y'all, the best you could do was point a new writer somewhere. Now, at least I've had a chance to give about four guys the chance to write their first articles. Cool. She's a smart chica. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So speaking of Steve, Steve. Hey. <laughs> Oh God, I've uh, been around this industry for over 20 odd ball years in some form of fashion or another from firearms instruction side to writing to video content uh, on a couple of different levels from YouTube stuff to the Magpul era um, to writing at the time, uh, one or two articles for SWAT magazine way back in the era, uh, writing pretty religiously for um, Surefire Combat Tactics for years, working with enough media and print over the years, been featured in Recoil, on Recoil, um, other stuff like that. And just kind of some inside back stuff on marketing sides of different companies, uh, consultant design weapons products. I've had my fingers in pretty much about all of it. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And then we have Mike. Now, before Mike starts talking, I want to say I met him at SHOT Show 2016-2017. And for a new writer to see him, he was like, okay, this is what I need to be. He's kind of like a rock star writer guy. Um, I don't know if it's the jewelry. I don't know. But what what it was what was cool was just to see his interaction with people and for me to take notes and go okay this is this is making sense and it, it, uh, uh, being a writer doesn't have to be standoffish it doesn't have to be rude it doesn't it can be it can be pleasant um and then 
somewhat been in touch, see, see posts of his or work he's done. Um, and when I thought of this topic, he was the first person I thought we need to talk about, let's talk about media stuff. And I, I reached out to Mike and then the rest of these guys are just kind of afterthoughts, but Mike was the, <laughs> he was the guy that I thought, okay, let's get him on. Let's talk. I want to talk about gun media because there's all kinds of gun media. There's the good stuff. There's the bad stuff. There's the stuff that's clearly there is a check attached to whatever article this is. And then we have the stuff that, Hey, what I've been doing with Taurus, you know what? I've actually been impressed. There's here's my G3 that I bought myself right there. Um, I've been impressed with some of their stuff. It's been such a nice change and I've been excited, genuinely excited to share my perspective, having seen so much crap in, and owning some of their crap and now seeing what's happening. And it's just so exciting for me. And so the real stuff that's there, there, there could be money involved at some point. There isn't, but it's more of the idea of, of, of sharing good information for, for people that might need it. Mike, take it away. Uh, I don't know. We <laughs> kind of blew me away there, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've been at this a long time. Um, yeah. I mean, not so much, well, I've been writing a long time, but for the industry, not as long as people, th I've been in the industry for about 30 years, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, this year was my 30th SHOT Show. But not all of that's been as me. I've been on the other side of the table. I've been in as exhibitor, you know, sales, doing my own gun shop, things like that. Um, and yeah, a lot of media guys hate the SHOT Show, but I still look forward to it like a little kid looks like towards Christmas or something get to see all the new shit coming out and I get Heck to see, yeah. you know, people I only see once or twice a year or, you know, but uh, yeah, I write for uh, currently uh big three or recoil uh, concealment off grid. And of course, gun digest. Um, I've been with recoil almost since the beginning. I think I started out in issue five, right after the uh, unfortunate Jerry Sy incident. <laughs> Was that the MP five or the MP seven? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> the MP seven incident. Yeah, with Sean it was kind of like I, I got an email. Hey, we're going to run your first article in the next issue, but um, we're having a little problem right now. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that. Well, do you want us to hold off a few months? I'm like, oh no, I stand behind the magazine. Put me in there because I really just wanted to get paid. Yeah, and I didn't think we'd have a magazine after that one. I missed it. What was the MP7 incident? It was, it was what it came boiled down to. I think it was Jerry or somebody had said something about there's like no need for civilians to own this or something kind of Got deal it. or whatever yeah. back in the okay. day. Well, it was kind of like he, um, the HK rep, he asked the HK rep, are you going to make a civilian yeah. version? They said, no. no, this is law enforcement only. And then he kind of editorialized on top of that with, and that's a good thing because no one needs to get their slimy, dirty hands on, you know, for gun putting yeah. down terrorists. And it was like, I kind of cringed when I read it, but I'm like, well, hey, you know what? I'll read a newspaper. <laughs> I don't agree with every friggin' word I read in that newspaper. Are people going to lose their shit over, you know, two sentences? Well, apparently they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> it was yes, great. You know, but to their credit, I mean, um, you know, we brought on Ian Harrison and the magazine completely bounced back from that. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just really proud of where we've come. Yeah. You know, because it's been a couple of, cringe moments like that where it's like, uh Oh, this is it. But cause as you guys know, the, this industry eats our own. Yeah. Oh, and that's, um, and then also there's, there's like a revolving, at least with gun, the, uh, firearms reps, it seems like they just jump business to business. Every three years. It's another yeah. new, it's another new shirt. 
Yep. Mus- musical chairs with uh, jobs. Every three to five. So ultimately, it's interesting then, on the media side, too, because, you know, yeah. you build a rapport with somebody, you're working with them. Oh, yeah, I got this new product coming out, blah, blah, blah. Send it. Doesn't come. You're, you know, leaving voicemails or emails and not getting answered. And then, oh, yeah, uh, Steve left four months ago. Um, you're going to deal with Dan now and get to build that relationship up all over again. Yep. 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 Every time. You'd think, though, if things were really that great, they'd everyone would just consolidate in one company, but they don't. They're just all over the place. Uh, oh, man. And, and when you, you'd like, you call somebody, like Mike's saying, you call somebody like, oh, they got fired. Okay, well, it got to so-and-so. Yeah, they got fired, too. Oh, okay. There went my two contacts. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of people looking for work this year at SHOT Show. <laughs> a lot. So before we really start talking about this, let's talk about how everyone got into uh, writing. For me personally, um, I reached out to Aaron Cowan. I I was enjoying some of the stuff he was writing. And I said, hey, basically, what'd you do to get into this? And he said, yeah, he just he started writing stuff and sent off and had some good contacts. And it went from there. And so I did that with a couple companies and it was a lot of fun. And then I realized if I have my own entity, it makes a little bit more sense for me just to write for myself and go from there. And now I, I work on my own timetable, which is nice. Doesn't quite get the reach or the publicity is working for someone else, but I'm okay with that. I'm just happy that I, I get to share my thoughts regularly. How about you guys? How did you, how did you start doing your writing biz? Okay, Dan. Yeah. Uh, yeah so kind of a long-winded guy uh in real life and uh so on facebook groups i was making you know really long comments about what i thought about this or that i had a little facebook page i started up with like 15 followers and i type out little reviews and editorials there and eventually i was like you know i i keep telling myself that nobody will ever publish this and but i've never tried it after six months of talking to myself in a padded room Let's see what everybody else thinks. And uh, Patrick Roberts had just cut ties with the firearm blog and uh, was really getting into gear with the firearm rack, now Primer Peak. And uh, I reached out to him on Facebook, shot him a couple of things, and he's like, oh, this is awesome. Yep. And you know, instantly published a couple. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'm doing this now. And uh, and it just kind of continued from there. Every now and then I'd read, you know, let's see if this place will put you know, an article. Well, how about this place? And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of just continued from there. Yeah. And then at some point you asked me to talk on here once. I was like, Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Cause I like what you write. And, but, the rest uh, is history. Yeah. and then so, you came out for a video shoot and yeah. Yep. Shot the tour stuff and, uh, hurt my hands on a 44 Magnum. All kinds of neat stuff. I was like, wow, these factory grips hurt my hand. Or this on the 357, these factory grips, the little grip screw cut my hand in the palm. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Buffalo Boar. It's true. <laughs> Eric, how about you? Uh, 2002, I had just come back from my second Africa hunt, wrote some long monologue about what the trip was like, You know, getting ready for it, going over there hunting, shooting the buffalo, coming back from it. Denny Hansen and Rich Lucibella both saw it. It was on a board, I think the firing line that they were both on. And Denny reached out to me and asked me if I'd be willing to write for SWAT. And so 
I was teaching down at Gunsight, wrote my first article. I think it was about a shotgun class down at Gunsight. And that's kind of where it started for me. Steve? Ooh, let's see, when was the first one? Hmm. I was in Casa Grande, Arizona. This oh, was early, I know, right? Yeah, this is this is like mid-ish or about mid-ish 2000s somewhere in the early eras of that. And I was at a five-day Vickers course, instructor course. Um, and there was a bunch of dudes in the course. I ended up doing extremely well in the class. We're shooting it with a busted hand, um, which was just an old, another story itself. And Ichiro Nagata was in class, world-famous photographer and fantastic, amazing shooter, competitively guy as well. And he came up to me during one of the breaks. He says, um, you know, in my best Ichi impersonation, I was like, uh, you shoot good. You talk to Cameron Hopkins. And he hands me the phone. I'm like, what the hell? You know, so he hands me the phone with Cameron Hopkins, who was the uh, editor dude for uh, Surefire Combat Tactics magazine, and started talking to Cameron. He says, hey, look, if you're interested, um, you know, we'd like to do a full spread on this center spread article on this course. And since you're bringing it from kind of a instructor development and student and blah, 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 blah like an industry guy, why don't you write this article? So I cranked out this like 4,500 word, 10 page article with pictures <laughs> for full center spread of my first magazine print thing was main stage center, you know, combat tactics, high gloss and all. Oh, and yeah. That was my first article, man. And that was it. And after that, it was, um, you know, I'd knock out a couple mag a couple articles for them on some courses, some gear pieces, some gun reviews, like most guys. And you know, they're like, "Wait, wait, you actually shot the guns?" I'm like, "Yeah, I actually shot the guns." And group, they're like, "Well, most writers don't do that." I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm not most writers. I actually shoot guns. I actually took the gun out, shot it, used it, and you know, gave you." <laughs> so I mean, it was just it was just like the things I learned early, and I was like, "Oh, I see how this works now." Yes. Got it. Like you didn't even send me the gun. Like it went to somebody for, for photos. <laughs> like, could you write on this for another magazine? I'm like, no, I've never even shot that stupid gun. No, I ain't writing for it. Well, we can send you one. I'm like, forget it. You already ruined that opportunity. I've lost all faith in you and humanity. But that magazine was one I just chose not to write for. And then, um, but yeah, Surefire was great, man. It was uh, during the heyday of writing and paydays of that life, man. That was that was a great gig. Not gonna lie. Mike, how about you? Uh, well, for me, you know, kind of like that, it goes back to training. Um, before I was writing, I mean, I was in the gun industry, but I wasn't writing for it. I was writing uh, mostly boxing and MMA recaps and interviews mm. with fighters because it was another kind of world I grew up in. And it wasn't until I got an opportunity where it was like, uh, oh, did a class at Ernest Emerson. And mm. hey, uh, would you go to Denny Hansen and, you know, Stephen Dick at Tactical Knives and this, and you know, see if you can write a, do a recap on the class. I'm like, uh, you sure you want me to do that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's kind of how it got started. And um, yeah, like for SWAT, it was like a one, yeah, I wrote this Karambit article um, for SWAT and a class recap. And I actually did the same thing for Gun Digest and uh, who was the other one? Uh, it's been a while yeah so um but you know it kind of when i got the feedback from it i was like you know i hey you know this is kind of cool you know i get people you know sending me emails and texts and whatever and 
that's when I started looking at, you know, trying to do it a little bit more full time, which I almost did in 2018, but you know, I, I got a day job and I, you know, busy as I keep myself, I, you know, haven't really ever taken full time yet. Yeah. Of course, you know, 2018, I'll, probably the time I met you at 16 or 17, uh, into 18. At, at that time I was writing for 30 different magazines at once. Not to mention how many friggin' websites and yeah, sad thing is a lot of those magazines aren't there anymore. Yeah. You know, that publication company. Uh, I didn't write for that one. It was the other one. <laughs> oh, okay. I know who you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they were great for a while. <sighs> yeah. So Steve just brought up a, a concept, though, of gun writers getting something to review and they may not even touch it or use it. In your guys' experience, are there any yeah. signs for someone, if you're reading, you can go, oh, this guy didn't even use it. What do you have? I think for me, it's usually when I see accuracy testing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Usually, usually when I see accuracy testing in groups, uh, that's my first indicator. Um, and the types of ammo being used and such when they print this stuff out in the velocities, I'm like, that doesn't equal pie. Um, and or at times when you look at some of the pictures and just some of the overall impressions of the guns that they put in print. Hmm. Hmm. And you go, I shot that. That's exactly not how that gun worked. It went. No. When they yeah. talk about finish. Oh, fit and function. Fit right? and finish. Fit and finish. Yeah. But when they talk about that versus function, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, the, most of the stat, it's just, all right, I read the product page for the, uh, for the gun. Here's how wide it is and how long it mm -hmm. is and how tall it is. It shoots Nobody very cares. soft. It's nice. The end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. Well, fit and finish was something I picked up from Pat Rogers. I that didn't even I didn't even figure that out. And then he's just like, Yeah, that doesn't matter. Nobody That's cares. true. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, someone cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the writer who's not shooting a gun, who's cranking out his 15th article that week with a pile <laughs> of boxes sitting in the corner of his office. Yeah. Anything else you guys? I guess also you could, if you're noticing patterns in the specific writers, mm -hmm. if, if they're, if, yeah. Well, Especially, I've had the yeah. teaching down a gun side, I've had the chance to do a few media events, not on the media side, but on the range side of things. And who does take the chance, the time to shoot? who does take the time to run the shoot houses with the guns versus who's in the shade, you know, who's over at the food. Oh, you've been at an Athlon event too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I've been a few, <laughs> um, you know, one, one guy that several of us know who's still a working cop on the West coast, which gives it away. I'm watching him and his camera guy dropping optics attached to guns from shoulder height on the concrete, taking pictures while other people are in the shade, sucking down wham-whams and zoom-zooms. I just talked to him the other day, yesterday. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> um, when I read his stuff, even if I disagree with it, at least I know where all his material's coming from. He's opinionated. Yeah, 
which isn't bad, right? Um, but I'll see the folks that I know were at the Wham Wham Zoom Zoom table. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to anything you write. No. Or their social media pages or most of their other garbage that they put out for media badges. Yeah. 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 And the, well, and the other thing that I don't know if we're going to hit on this is the social media impact on the firearms media where you have influencers, you know, who may or may not have any practical application experience, but they got likes and clicks and followers and you watch them on the range and you watch them running various things with the guns and they don't want to be bothered. They're on their program, which is getting the photo that works for them, not learning something, not evaluating something. And it's interesting for companies because I mentioned, I think it was a pre-shoot, you know, you call it, hey, can I talk to so-and-so? Uh, they're not here anymore. Well, can I talk to their partner so-and-so? Yeah, they're not here anymore. And I watched one of those events cost two people their jobs at one company because they brought out a ton of influencers and dumped a bunch of cash at it and got bupkis. Yeah. It's nothing of, of any worth. That's a trend. That's actually a pattern. Yeah. 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 That kind of goes into one of the topics that I'm still trying to work on. And it's the, the subject matter expert topic. And for us to, Steve Fisher, for us to discuss that and what exactly is it and how does it apply? And let's talk about the fake ones. And same with the same with media and influencer type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're the people that just, they just seem to collect others or collect followers and that's their cred. But they don't have the SME title. The SME title is the biggest scam garbage thing in this entire industry next to some media outlets. It's bullshit. Was it you who was saying it? Like, unless you're getting called for court. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, what's the standard? There is a legal definition of an expert. It's somebody who has experience in training that makes them more knowledgeable about a specific subject than the lay person. So in some ways, a lot of us are, we meet the court definition of expert, right? Probably everybody on this panel meets the court definition of expert. Does it necessarily make us a subject matter expert? You know, because the court process includes void dire. Everything you've written, everything you've testified to, you know, going in and actually diving into that experience. Um, I can't, maybe Steve can remember whoever coined the phrase reasonably knowledgeable individual. I think that's probably (laughs) a better title for a lot of the quote SMEs and stuff. Cause like, I've never, I'll tell you what I've court qualified as an expert on, but I've never qualified. I'm not an expert in some of these other areas. I'm just fairly knowledgeable about them. Absolutely. Well, and what's interesting on that to me is like, like different people define it differently. Right. I've had the same person call me an influencer, also call me a, a subject matter expert. I'm like, oh, subject matter enthusiast, maybe. OK, well, I, like like I, I think I first heard that from Alex Sansone, maybe. I was like, I, 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 I'm just here for the ride. I'm learning, man. Please don't throw mm-hmm. that expert word around that they're my last career field. I would maybe be comfortable being a SME in that. But it's like, well, I did that for almost a decade and you know, ran the training program and stuff, but not none of this shit. Yeah. And you know, things that I was that I'm court recognized as an expert on in the past, I'm not current on today. 
Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could get up on the stand and talk historical gang activity, but I couldn't get up on the stand and talk about gang activity in the last four years. Mm, that pulls me back to some writers. Mm-hmm. So how does that fit into our discussion with media? Cause it does. You've got to look at what that writer is doing to stay current. Not, not what their title was, but what that person's doing to stay current. And we've seen the discussions from guys like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop teaching X after I've been out of the business for so many years. Yes. yes. Well, some of those guys still have some pretty valuable information because they're still paying attention to trends and they're not teaching how specifically you work that corner they're teaching how do you plan the operation that puts you into the space to work that corner you haven't lost that knowledge right you can still teach that but the the dude who the really only ever maybe worked a corner or worked a door but it was 20 years ago i i don't know you know how we define that current thing is i mean my last arizona trip i went and took a room entry building clearing class from some guys at a full-time tactical team because it was, I saw the class coming up and it's like, I haven't done any of that in a while. Even if it's not the same system I grew up under, right. I just need to go do that with somebody watching me to tell me how screwed up I am, but that doesn't mean I'm a subject matter expert on it. Mm-hmm. So, so I heard of a, a training course that didn't happen too long ago in the last year or two. Uh, the, the primary instructors, Wealth of knowledge truly has been there, done that military side, lots of experience, lots of really good experience, except the problem is it's dated. He's teaching a SWAT team uh, some concepts and they bring up a couple things that he's unfamiliar with. And basically what he asks them to do is, well, show me. And then he dissects it and tries to make it better. Okay. Right then, well, time out. We're not, we shouldn't even go in that direction. If, if it needs, if you need to be, if this needs to be shown to you, this isn't sufficient. This is an adequate time to, to do an actual good analysis that helps the, helps the students, but Mm. it still happens. But people are blinded by that, that title. And I think, and that's also the same with both social media, media, and all that kind of stuff. We have those people that they may be posting stuff and automatically people are hitting the likes and the shares, but they're not reading the content. Right. You're getting a like because who you are, not because of what you're saying. People will affix themselves to a certain type or individual or group that meets their needs or their wants, right? It's like anything else. Um, and they will, right? There, there's that certain group that will attach themselves to one famous known internet personality dude who's got like 10, 10 bazillion viewers of whatever, garbage out there and then they just kind of follow that trend right because this person has all this information this knowledge and then they go and then it's this person and everybody has that one particular click or group or whatever that kind of resonates with them and then it's well my dad's tougher than your dad yeah across the internet but yet they don't have any practical experience with either or or any of it Mm -hmm. Um, for the most part, you know, it's the same crowd that's, um, you know, my guns have been reliable for 10,000 rounds. Well, that 
you bought that gun, that Ruger P89 in 1989. <laughs> so of course it's now 2023 and you may have shot 10,000 rounds to that tank, but it was a reliable gun, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, right? So there's, there, there's this, there, there's this whole thing with media circles and influencers and marketing campaigns um, that are bullshit and they're all fake. Every one of them for the most part, like 98 plus percent are about garbage. Unless somebody's going to jump in dovetailing off that, like looking at the consistency of the writer, is he saying, not saying exactly the same thing over time, but does his stuff generally stay within a lane, a left and right limit going forward? Or is it this month in guns and bullshit, the 1911 is the greatest firearm ever invented next month in machine guns and bunkers, right? It's the worst gun ever invented and you can't carry it or you're going to get killed in the streets. And then four months from now, he's talking about a a single shot Derringer being the choice for defensive and five times it was used, right? That's probably not the guy you want to pay attention to. Well, and then like, and of course it's completely fine to change your mind, but a guy going, Hey, I used to think yeah. shotguns are outdated and stupid. Why the fuck would I ever use a shotgun? And then I took a class with Steve Fisher or at Gunsight, and I was wrong. Like these are awesome in this context. Let me tell you more about that. Yeah. That, you just described me <laughs> because <laughs> that, yeah. Shotguns. Why? I have an AR. Why do I even need that? And I determined, you know, shotguns actually probably the weakest link I have of all the guns I have. I'm going to go through a Rob hot class, went through the hot class. And it's just like, okay, I want to carry a shotgun on duty. Now. <laughs> I want the hammer of God for yes. a traffic stop. Yes. <laughs> Act. <sighs> You're right. It's not the changing of the, the opinion, right? It's right. more the constant pinging, yeah. changing. I'm here, I'm there, the other thing. Like, the, no, the, bro. The, the change of opinion is perfectly acceptable, right? As long as you can admit to it and understand why is behind it. And you can put that out to your people, right? Or to the masses. Like, hey, I used to think this was this based on this. <clears throat> Tracking on that. Now, hey, in the past 15 years, this has changed leadership, ownership, production ship, whatever kind of ship it is. And now it's like, hey, this isn't a bad boat to be on now because it has changed in the past, you know, 10 years, decade, five years, whatever that big jump has become. And like, yeah, this should be taken a look at again somewhat seriously now based on this. And I can physically say that, yeah, I've looked at this gun in this company, you know, 20 years ago and it was dog shit. Yeah. Well, and that's been, a, that's uh, talking about Taurus again. That's been mm. such a cool thing to watch from where they were to now with Brett's help and, and oh. it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not, and I'm not telling everyone, I'm not telling anyone go buy Taurus. I'm just saying, pay attention. Yeah. And if you get a chance, oh, you, try you should be real soon. You should be paying a lot of attention real soon. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, maybe I'll find out it shot. <laughs> Cause I still don't know anybody there. Oh, that's easy. You know, that's what Matt told me six months ago. Six. Yeah, it's only been five. Um, <laughs> so it, there was an interesting, what was it? Someone brought up in some group talking about primary and secondary is now just telling everyone they need to get revolvers. And I said, let's, let's take a couple steps back here. Let's look at this. And I explained, you know, when there's a niche like this, revolvers fit a niche and revolvers can do some really cool stuff. 
a lot of times you're going to find that niche is greatly ignored by 95% of everything. So why wouldn't I want to focus on that more just to provide some pertinent information for people that look, want to look into it further? I was of the same opinion as many other people. I really don't have a use for a revolver. I really don't. And then I really I got into it and then I got into it and shot. And, and now I have a little, uh, my collection's a little better now, but um, I learned same with shotguns, same with 1911s. And it's all, it's been an awesome evolution, but I, I needed to explain to some, uh, some people, look, it, it's not the answer. It is an answer. It's a solution and it's an option. It's good to have multiple options and to know where they fit in, in the grand scheme of things. So when you think primary and secondary is all about revolvers, actually we're all about all kinds of stuff. We're all about knowing what things are and what they, what they're capable of and also being proficient with it. But it's not that this is it. This is the, the, an option, Steve. And, and the problem is uh, like, as I, as I see it and have seen it in Eric and some of the guys and Mike and that is that the most print or social media or whatever you're calling it, digital media today, um, they choose to ignore things that aren't going to get them value. But they will turn around and throw some clickbait garbage up about something to get, you know, 7,000 people on there arguing about the most insignificant, stupid thing in the world. Well, my granddad's 308 was better than your granddad's 308, whatever, or my medium power variable optic, whatever garbage comes along this month that people want to talk about. But, but what they won't do, right? But what they won't do is go down into the weeds on certain stuff and be like, hey, you know, this is an option for this category or this is an option for that category, right? Not everything is a, you know, Glock G45, 2011 gun, red dot, you yeah. know, latest, greatest PL350 weapon light or whatever it is, right? That's not everybody's role. Yeah. It's not the gun that everybody needs for the dude or dudette who's going out on a quick run, right? Or, you know, even the taboo topics of like, well, I don't carry a gun on me, but there's one in my bag, right? The off-body topics or certain other things where the rest of the internet gangsters will jump in there. Dare You'll you. get killed for sure. You'll right. die instantly if you carry it's gonna a gun get stolen. a or a bag. And... Shut up, stupid. People have been carrying that way in low-pro details for 10,000 years. I don't even want to hear about it from you right now. And the problem is most outlets, be it digital or print, won't dive into a lot of those things, but they'll go with the most controversial, you, you know, current latest, greatest topic of which red dot is better than this red dot this week or what weapon light or what other garbage is being spewed lately this month. And sometimes I swear, I think they just read the internet to look for those things and they put out an article real quick on it, right? They want to see what's current, what's trendy. Mm -hmm. And they want to throw that stuff out there. You're not wrong on that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm oh, I, I, I of this. I, I have intentionally I, I, written articles with uh, like titles like that, just to, I'm like, oh, clickbait, yeah. delicious. Well, I, I've <laughs> taken stuff that's been out on the air that, like, oh, please, I'm writing an article about that. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong, right? As long as you can approach it from two to three years, yeah. right? Absolutely, because right. So, so that's part of it. It's like, hey, man, like people will dogpile a Caltech P380. You know what? It has to work for six rounds to get me to plus up to something else at that point in time when yeah. I need it. So, so let's be very realistic about certain things that we're talking about or that we should be talking about in media print, but instead it's the same thing of you need this new Smith and Wesson equalizer. Wait till the first time somebody gets on the stand with that one in court and does somebody <laughs> in, right? That's going to be beautiful. Like, 
I had my equalizer, Your Honor. I felt better. Stop it. Somebody in marketing at Smith & Wesson. Yeah, some, somebody should get punched at Smith & Wesson for that no, one. No, you got to go back before you. Denzel. You got to go to the British actor for the original guy. TV show. <laughs> the 1980s TV show, yes. right? And he had a jag, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Crunch code. Edward Woodard, is that his name? Yes. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but that's just it. Right. So people don't want to hear things that doesn't fit their narrative, like most everything in this industry. Right. So it's completely sick. Like they don't. But what do we need to do to make this topic eye catching right now? So we post a picture of this gun and it's great and it's amazing. And then the article is something completely else that nobody cares about. Right. It's like it's, it's all catchy. It's all flashy. But like when you look back at the old days of articles, right? I mean, when you look back to like, I'm old enough, Eric is, Mike, you, you know, like when we were talking about, you know, when we were reading stuff from like on the 270 being the best elk cartridge ever, right? Jack Connor stuff. And, and then we start getting in and we kept going and going, you know, from Field and Stream, Outdoor Life, you know, then you got into, you know, Soldier of Fortune, SWAT, and it just kept progressing, right? We're going back to those days, you know, this Cobra shotgun is the best thing in the world. I mean, you know, even though the winding key broke the first time you used it, I mean, but it's like the, the trend has been there, but like the, the old days of print media though, man, you had three, four sources, Yep. but those sources were coming at you pretty solid because it wasn't marketing payment money to keep the lights on and to keep people employed either. You know, these were dudes that were out actually doing shit with these guns. They were actually out hunting. They were actually out shooting. They were actually out hunting bad people. You know, they were doing stuff with these guns. And those articles, those writings meant things because they were factual. Yeah. Or they were were close to factual because they may have been gathered in a bar somewhere from the guys who actually did do it. Capstick. Um, Leroy Thompson. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> Who, by the way, is a very generous human being. Yes. Yes. Very generous Tom. human being. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Yeah. What's Dropko saying now? Oh, I am the equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's pulling up that. Heard of PPK. <laughs> yeah. PPK, PPKS, big guns. But, but that's just it, right? Like, so people lose their mind about PNS is saying, oh, you should carry a revolver right now. That's not what PNS is saying. They're saying, hey, this may be an option for this, this, and this, and it may be something you should explore, but Yeah, let's whatever. do deep dive. Well, same with Taurus. Who's, how many people are really giving Taurus a fair shake? Oh, look, I had an 85 CH 10 million years ago. Like, who didn't own one of those? Like, you bought it from another cop at the department or you took it off somebody, whatever it was. You know, you had this $150 pistol. Yeah. And this revolver, that well, it's just as good as a Model 66 or a 60 or a 19 or whatever variation you had of that gun. You know, you're like, it worked. Was it the greatest? No, but it's what you could afford. And could you make it work within the time frame that you needed? And so, and yeah, they've had their bad guns, but so is six generations of Glock. Yep. People seem to forget that, right? Like like <laughs> six generations of perfection, baby, but we've had, you know, three iterations of Gen 3s, two 2.2s, five different grip textures, seven different firing mechanisms. Stop yep. it. You know, nine, everybody. Nine magazine followers. Sorry, we're yeah. counting down. Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, who and has those? Smith & Wesson. Let's not even touch some of those guns, right? It, like, So everybody's <laughs> had their dogs over generations yeah. of guns. What's gotten better is metallurgy technology and our knowledge behind it. They can all improve. 
talking yeah, about yeah. the improving in the knowledge and I'll, I'll tackle this one from a mea culpa side. I've, I've seen gun writers screw up, not because they were trying to cater to the, the company, right? Mm-hmm. Not because they were ignorant. Well, they, they were actually ignorant. In my case, I didn't know something that I put in print. And I talked about this on the pre-show. Um, a company had come out with a weapon light while I was deployed and I, one was sent to me and it was an LED powered weapon light. And I wrote in the article something to the effect of, yeah, it's a nice light, but it doesn't have enough ass because when I put an IR filter on it, nothing came out the other end. Well, what I didn't, thank you. Yeah, but right. Okay. What I didn't know was the IR spectrum and LEDs. LED don't mix. Well, okay. I didn't know. And like I said, the first email I got was, hey, brother, you fucked that up. And that was the nicest feedback I got on that article, right? Um, so it's not that gun writers are all yeah. complete morons, at least, well, yeah. I can be on occasion, uh, but I just didn't know when I learned from it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So sometimes Absolutely. you get guys who make an, an honest mistake, a legit mistake yeah. on things. Yeah. But I, I think the first article I wrote for Ammo Land was like the the Mozambique slash failure drill. It's the same, th- and I was so excited. Like, look at that first article here. This is exciting. And then Bulky and Kegel are in my Facebook comments. Like, hey man, it's not the exact same thing. Here's the differences. I was like, oh, oh. well. I've always been heard the terms used interchangeably. I've even heard people call the failure drill shooting a guy in the hip socket. Like, well, wait. Did Kegel do that on an Etch-A-Sketch? Because he may not have been old enough to write that yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Failure to stop drill. I can't yeah, roast it, it, too much. He has more hair than me, but we're, he and I are closer in age than I am to anybody else here. <laughs> he's, right. a, he's a basic training at Benning right now. He does not oh, yeah. have more hair than you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. 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 But, but it's hard, like, uh, like even on Mike's side, right? Like Mike's got to figure things out, right? Like he's got to go, is this worth putting in the print? Is this worth attacking? Yeah. Is this worth, you know, what is it, what is it in value to not only the company, the readership and my ulcer and my drinking habit? Like, <laughs> like which, which part of this is going to get me the most flack. But on the other hand, the most flack also gets me really bumped up in the algorithms right now yeah. to X, Y, or Z. And that's the hard part, right? And so there's that honesty, loyalty, what's better for me, what's better for the company, what's better for all these things, and what's better for the client. You know. So with that in mind, how often are articles written because of a company saying, do this? And how often are they written because, hey, this is an angle I want to take. This is something I want to do. I have Mm. seen I have seen a couple that were written because of the writer's ties to that company. Okay. Right. Like I'm not going to say it's a, it's a bad product, but I'm going to say in that the couple cases I'm thinking of that guy was very tightly tied to the company and was doing his, I'll say he was doing his buddy a favor right Mm -hmm. now. One of those made it into print. One of those is sitting in the pending file on my computer, and it will probably never, ever see print because in good conscience, I cannot be the dude to hit publish on that. I've seen the reverse action of that where dudes that have been really close with certain companies 
Um, and then they write a piece that's honest. Mm-hmm. And those companies are like, yeah, you'll, you'll never touch our guns again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you will never be involved in this product. And that person used to be tight with X company, B company. And then they wrote something that was, hey, pretty factual about shit. And people lose their mind over like, well, you can't say that about our stuff. I'm like, <laughs> they just did, you know, and they're not wrong. I'm just going to tell you there. We talked about this in a meeting six months ago. And look, here it is in print because we told you this was not going to go well. But yeah, whatever. You know, but yet in the same, you know, in the same thing, they'll turn around and they'll flip guns out to the latest, you know, I, I won't even get into the prodigy launch, um, but I will, um, y- you know, and th- there's one extremely heavily influencer influencer dude out there. This gun's a game changer. It's this, it's I'm like, Hey bro, in case you haven't been watching the internet, there's been about 700 complaints on this gun already. And that's only been out for a day and a half. Yes. Right. So like, <laughs> And I know one gun writer who had to like send two of them back, like wouldn't even work out of the box kind of thing. Right. Cause everybody has bad things, right. Everybody has bad things, comma. Like, but if you listen to those same people, they're there to get a check. They're there to talk something great about it. You're going to pay me this product. Cause my pretty face is talking to people about it. And they listen to me cause I've got 7 million people on the gram and my YouTube and all my other stuff. And it's like, Oh my God, just stop it. It's not a good gun. <laughs> it's an okay gun, but it's not a game changing gun. They all do the same. Until we get into plasma rifles, it doesn't matter anymore, or pistols. When do I get to test one of those? What, the plasma, 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 the plasma, oh, the plasma, plasma guns? Rifle. I'll send you my Prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a good conversation with uh, Brian Eastridge about the Prodigy. Yep. And one of the things mm-hmm. he said was because of his background, training, and whatever, he yeah. could make it functional. I thought, you know what? That sounds like an awesome project. Yeah. to get one and make it functional. And I don't say that sarcastically. Yeah. I'm serious. That would be, no, that'd that, be really neat to do. And that's pretty that much gun what is a gateway did. Drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that gun is a gateway drug gun. Yeah. It, it's for people that want to do something with something and make it into their own something. It, it needs a few little things, but, but this is just it, right? It's like, be honest about it. Just like, Hey, it's not a bad gun. It does this. It does that. It does this. Well, it doesn't do this very well, but that, you know, People don't like to hear that. And they don't like being told their babies are ugly. Yeah. Even but though their babies are ugly. The, the concept of a less expensive 2011. That's awesome. Yeah. That takes a Duramag. That's pretty reliable yep. because mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of them and I've ran them in 10 different 2011s that I have sitting in my safe from various makers. I'm like, the damn bag works in all these guns. Why aren't you working in this gun? Like, <laughs> go in your happy place, go in your home and work better. You, you know, but you know, I know what's wrong with my gun. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. No big deal. It needs a chamber ring. It needs to be finished. Yep. Ring. And it will work just fine. And it probably needs a new recoil spring. But other than that, they're going to work. But yeah, people don't look at it that way, but yet, you know, when, Glocks had problems and Berettas and everybody else had problems. They're like, oh, it's still the best gun ever, but this gun's garbage because it's great. Stop it. Stop it. Everybody has a dog. Every mm-hmm. company. Show me one that hasn't. Come on, Mike. Which one hasn't? Yeah, Mike. Which company hasn't had a dog? <laughs> ah, they've all done it. Really? Yeah. 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 Kanik. has a dog. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, that's a joke. I'm just joke? gonna say the fucking torches. <laughs> yeah, I even mean, look at the old school ones like Cole Smith and Weston. They've all had their share of problems. Yeah, not even recently, but also you know back in the day too. Yeah, signal. Well, but it, you know, it's getting past that stuff and say, okay, we screwed up. Scrap that. Go here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And occasionally sending that note back with the gun. Here you go. 
right? <laughs> mm. what, what always gets me is when like certain outlets for media stuff or e- even from the marketing company, right? From their media aspects where they send you a gun or something or a product and like, so what'd you think of this? You give them a pretty honest paragraph and like, oh, well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see that. We didn't get that. And that, that didn't happen. That, like, okay, cool. Then don't ask me for it. Right. Like, yeah. like don't send me something. Tell me to shoot it for seven, 8,000, 10,000 rounds over the next couple of months. And then not listen to what I've told you about things. Right. Not that I have all the answers, but I have some of them. Right. And I don't have them all, but I do have some, but they don't, they don't like to hear that. Sometimes they don't. Oh, a lot of times they don't. Yep. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> I went to that with a magazine company. A guy, hey, I'm making these AR mags and they're clear and blah, blah, blah. And take them out. Let me know what you think. All right. So I took them out to an LMS defense course on a mm. yeah, low light course, two day thing. And mm. I run everything suppressed. So I noticed, hey, why my mag run dry? I only shot like 11 rounds and I looked and mags all jammed up. The rounds are down there. It's all carbon. I'm like, all right, these mags suck for, you know, suppressed shooting. Mm-hmm. Made a note of it. Got back on Monday. Hey, this is what happened. Send him pictures. You don't like the fucking mag. Send them back. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wow. I, there you I go. can almost guarantee you. I can almost guarantee you. I know who that was. Uh, you yeah. probably do. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh God, help us. So what's nice about this discussion, though, is it's showing multiple facets mm. that it's not necessarily mm. that the gun writers are the bad ones or the manufacturers are the bad ones. There can be a balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not all gun writers are bad. Okay, stop it. Um, about 80 plus percent of them are bad terrible when you see when you see a nine millimeter handgun looking like a 50 desert eagle going off in their hands you know they're not <laughs> shooters like i didn't know we made a nine millimeter super magnum bro that's making like 1800 foot pounds i was at an event for remington years ago um and this is during the whole changeover stuff and they had um in a big training facility that used to be known for its whips programs and other stuff like that. And all this cool <laughs> stuff back in the day, I, I won't say it was, you know, the old olive group T1G facility. Right. Um, <laughs> and I was down there and there was some bunch of gun writers there and me and another dude were there. who's really a good gun guy. And we were like, hold on to each other and hug the entire time. Cause we were in fear of our lives. That's some of the gun and weapon handling that was going on. And, the literally the one gun writer turned to us at like TD one just after lunch. And was like, you guys want all my ammo? Cause I'm done shooting. I, I just, these mags are hard to load and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like my thumbs and like, we're like going, we, we've only shot like five, 600 rounds maybe at this point, you know, they're dropping 50 cal cans of nine ball to us all day long, like off the backs of the trucks. So we're like, sure <laughs> we'll come over here and we'll shoot all your stuff and I go, hey, i've got enough information for what i need and like was gone day two like like he was just gone didn't even show back up out of this three four day gig i was like yeah i never liked his articles um <laughs> but, but yeah you know he was just that guy and there was there was one involving that kind of thing where they're they're letting us have some scenario time right so they're putting us in their shoot houses and stuff like that and he's like well, I wouldn't go in there. I don't know any of those people, so I don't need to go in there. And he just like puts his gun in the holster and like walks off. 
I'm like, bro, it's just a good time to go in there and shoot a gun and have some fun. Right. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're really not getting graded a ding deer. You know, it's just kind of good time to shoot the gun and talk to ops or whatever that you need. But yeah, man, I've, I've, I've seen some of that over the years and it's, it's still there today. It is still there today. I, I will give, I will give Mike this and some of the stuff. I, we did an article years back for recoil and it was like one of the first things that I ever really remember, like red dot, you know, fixated articles on dots. And we did a class in Alliance and like everybody who showed up shot, like, and they shot the writers that were there and the people that were there, they shot. And we shot for like two, three days. And man, did we should be <laughs> back then. But like, they all, they, they all wanted to be there. They all wanted to learn stuff. They all wanted to figure it out. They all wanted to shoot the guns that they had the test pistols and stuff like that. And it was actually a good time. And they were, and they were good about it. Right. They, they were good people to have it course and they all wanted to be there but they all could shoot and they wanted to it wasn't just a job hmm. so that actually brings up an, a, a concept also comparing the new gun rider to the burnt burnt out washed out ones that at, 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 to begin with, they wanted to go shoot everything. Now at the end, they're doing what Eric was saying and they're in shade. And If the article reads the same way every time, yeah, that could be an issue. That, that can be a problem if all he's doing is like going to that the template DU, uh, DUI report and just plugging in dates, times, location, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Um, there, there might be a few folks like that in the industry writing. Um, you know, maybe it's time for them to enjoy retirement. Um, but if you start yeah. seeing it with somebody new, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd avoid that. That and the seven yard steel shooters. <laughs> For many yeah. reasons. Yeah, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I, ju I just, it's like a couple of years ago, you know, we saw this thing happening and we all figured print media was dead. You know, we saw certain publications die off, certain companies go away. Mike knows who we're talking about. Um, right. And certain things changing, right? And we're like, oh man, print media, print media is going to die. Print media is actually making a pretty decent comeback in some circles right yeah. as, as well with that which is which is still a good thing until the internet decides no more of all this gun content stuff right it goes away at some point god one can only hope um <laughs> and you know but, just, but that you... kind of has happened a little bit because uh you know there's a couple of uh you know companies i worked with that were always happy to get product to me and then it was like you don't really do a whole lot of internet stuff. Uh, we're not really concerned about, we want YouTube, we want clicks, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. Not my bag. Yep. You're too late. Hey, you're still doing print work, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not getting this on Google and blah, blah. We're not getting the out. Oh, so you need me now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. It's going to go back and forth, yeah. you know? I, I mean, yeah. and then you get that on the print side too, because uh, there's very few print uh, magazines that are solely owned by an outdoor or gun company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with Recall at one time, we were owned by the same company that owned uh, about, about 50 different car magazines. Yes. You know, Road and Track, Motor Trend, mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were trying to spin us off and sell. And, you know, luckily they did. 
And uh, now it's uh, Caribou Media Group, which is Gun Digest, Recoil, Blade, and, you know, the other three Recoil affiliates. But, uh, you know, there's no better homes and gardens in there or, you know, <laughs> Sports Illustrated or, you know, Golf Digest. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're strictly, you know, yeah. might only be, you know, six publications there, but it's all outdoor. It's all firearm related and, you know, we'll keep that going. But I've, I've been with other companies and I've seen that and, you know, they want to spin off the gun co- uh, stuff, especially in uh, 18 when um, Smith's Kroger, you know, they banned gun magazines at the yep. freaking grocery stores. Yeah. And some of those titles were, you know, uh, like I was the editor for Tactical World and uh, was looking at taking over World of Firepower and yeah. Sniper Journal. They only came out two or three times a year. Nobody subscribes to that shit. You just pick them up when you go to the newsstand. Well, mm-hmm. 90% of the newsstand's gone in the grocery stores, you know, can't support a magazine anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was it. You know, there's, there's the dark side, right. To this as well. Right. The, the evil dark side to this too. Like I, I've been in those meetings where guys have gone like, Hey, you know, XYZ publication has told us, you know, if we buy this much this year and do this much, we'll get this amount of articles and covers. Right. So we've seen that side of it from some other publications that aren't really involved anymore or vice versa in companies, but like, so what do you think? Is it worth us to pay a hundred and some thousand dollars to this, to do this or to do that and to have, you know, three covers this year and five sidebars and five main articles. Right. So th- that's the other side that a lot of people don't get either. Right. There's a lot of pay from play that keeps the lights on at a lot of places. And that's just part of the industry. That, that doesn't yeah. matter who you are. If it's even print, social, digital, whatever, that's just part of the evil part of it. So that whole side too. And you know, the other side with that was, you know, we, we've seen that years back where it was like, can you get me a hunt to Africa and I'll get you this kind of information and this kind of coverage. Can you get me a fishing trip? How about sports tickets? How about like, there was a lot of shenanigan backdoor deals, man, that were going on that were crazy. How did I miss all of these? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I've gotten a trip to St. Louis once. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh like, God, like, I'm sorry. Like, like, yeah, like, like Mike knows. Mike's Mike's probably seen or heard some of it in his days as well. But yeah, man, that was a very real thing. Eric. Oh <laughs> hell, I ran into real. it here. Uh, I looked at silencer <laughs> manufacturer, and uh, I call him up. Hey, uh, I want to test out some of your cans. Blah blah blah. And they, I kind of get some weird emails back and forth from him, and talk to the guy. And finally, hey, let's meet at this bar. We'll sit down, have a few drinks, talk. We're sitting down, and he goes, "So, what do you want from me?" I'm like, "Well." show up in the desert, bring some cans. I'll bring some ammo and some guns and take yeah. some pictures, write them up. Yeah. You want any money? I'm like, no, why would I want money from you? Yeah. Well, I was told by this guy, you know, he would write this article and say, I had the best silencers out there. And I said, okay, where's your SOT? Let me send them. And I don't need to send them. Just send me pictures. Yeah. And the manufacturer, he's like, well, how are you going to say my cans are the best ones out there? If you've never tried. Oh, you buy six months worth of advertising. I'll say this and I'll say that. And he just wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with them. And that kind of burned him on everyone in the media. Yeah. I think I might've only done his only two print articles. Yeah. I, I, was like, I, he's I, like, I didn't know there were people like you anymore. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You say that. Cause I had a company I did an article on, I was teaching in the area. So I ran by their facilities to take a look at their stuff, talk to their people and the guy that was my point of contact there was like, okay, how much is this going to cost us to have this article? And I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that makes sense because mm-hmm. 
I just had not encountered that before on my end. But then again, right, I was reformed for a while going to the Friday night meetings. Oh, dude, it, it was it was it was very, very real, man. You think a lot of gun writers went to Africa just because they were doing an article? Oh, I think oh, yeah. no, but I never got that cool. <laughs> yeah, Not man. too late. It's real, man. It, it, it is. It is. It's, it is very real. Like people go, Oh, you're just a shill. I'm like, Oh no, you have no idea who the shills are in this industry. Like I will tell you who some of these dudes really are, man. It's like, yeah, you think this dude is getting this, this, and this off that salary for seven articles, 10, 20, 30. Like, no, man, it doesn't work that way anymore. Oh my God. Well, that word right there is one that is so misused because I don't think people understand what it means. Shill. Yeah. What okay? What is a shill? Webster's definition or the internet's? <laughs> let's let's go for both. So the internet's definition: you get all these free guns and you pimp them because you're a shill, right? I'm like, hey, hero, just because I tested a product for a company who put me on a retainer doesn't one make me a shill. Two, when you shoot a lot of your own ammo. <laughs> That comes out of your pocket and your budget yep. to give information because the days of free ammo are long gone on those aspects. And you're putting your gas, your time, your effort, your energy to give a company feedback. And then a product that shows up six to eight months later that the engineers aren't going to give a shit about anyways. And anything that you tell them, oh, yeah, that doesn't make you a show. Trust me. I have to explain on a regular basis. So there are some companies that do Advertising with primary and secondary. One of them is, is Walther. Sons of Liberty is one. Uh, primary Arms is one. None of these guys are paying me to be a rep. Uh, I'm, not a, uh, I, I'm not a spokesman. I'm not paid to promote them. I'm paid to have them. They have advertising on websites. And also a couple of them are on the podcast that, that sponsor. But if I make a post about it or I talk about it, it's because I like it. It's cool. It's not, it's it not paid to do it. And it works. Yeah. Well, and that's been an interesting thing for me. When I was younger, it was always print magazines are bought and paid for. It's just a, you know, a 30 page ad. Was that it's the guys online. Ago? Say what, say what now? <laughs> was that five years ago when you were younger? Yeah, yes. no, like, yes. yeah literally. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I was like, but the guys online, like I can trust, you know, whoever on YouTube with the subscribers, like, obviously he's not getting paid he's on youtube and then you know to see that kind of flip around right where now it's like hey i'm on youtube i'm on instagram i've got all this stuff oh. well he doesn't get paid it's like well he gets a, a lot of free stuff like i've had these these are terrible products i think he might be you know not the most trustworthy guy out there like mm. I, I was surprised Surprised and not super surprised, a few months ago, I wrote an article, The Dangerous Lack of Accountability of Influencers and Meme Pages. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Oh, can that you like link that? Can you <laughs> yeah. link that? That's awesome. Yeah. And like I sent it to like four places, and everybody was like, no. No, no, no. So I was like, well, that. good thing I, I'm the managing editor for PrimerPeak.com. And I can put what I want on there. This is now live. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop in the comments here. And I had a few people very specifically in mind when I was writing that, both uh, YouTube and uh, written stuff. 
and mm-hmm. and people would look in like, I don't think this guy's a shill. I'm like, I'm literally describing exactly what this guy does. Yeah. And Matt, for you, I believe I have the de- dictionary shill. definition of shill in the article. There it is, right there. There it is. Yeah, it just it just cracks me up. With it. And and I blame and here's who I blame ultimately me. Well, yeah, you too. <laughs> but 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 no, but Pretty like it, it, and Michael understand this. So then you guys will all understand this. It's the industry marketing companies that have created this mess. It is the industry marketing teams that have created this mess. They are the ones that just because it's cheaper to throw away 30, 40 guns, right? That just because your favorite blaster costs $800, you know, we know it's a 90 to hundred dollar gun, right? <laughs> or whatever it is. And they turn around, it's easier for them to throw some blends out and writer samples out, get all this coverage for the next six, seven, eight months, good, bad, or indifferent versus, you know, good, solid, factual, whatever, but it's just name branding. They want the name in people's faces. So they remember it. Right. Well, like, like when we talk about this and I've talked about it as well, um, you know, there's a couple of very popular gun companies right now and, you know, being part of a few over the years and some not, it's the marketing behind the product that gets it in people's hands. It's the way it's put out there, right? How sexy can we make it look? How awesome can we make this be? Even though it's not a bad product, it's a good product. It's a reputable company, but comma, it's not that great that you guys are hyping it up, but that's what it is. It's the hype man, right? It's the corner dude in the fight in round three with a minute left who's putting you up. You know, it's like, Hey man, look, you've got this much time left, right? You, you need to do this. We need to get this. It's the hype person that's putting it there that makes it sound even better to people, or you pick the right people to put it in their hands, but then you go, Hey, that same person could do the same exact thing with pistol A or pistol B or rifle A or rifle B and was a year ago or two years ago, right? Or whatever, whatever product it is at that point, right? It's like best folding knife in the world. It's sharp and it cuts. <laughs> Great. Well, Second best folding knife and sharp and it cuts. And what's the difference? This one's lighter than this one. And this I, one has I have both steel. of those knives. I know, right? No, do you, do you have the carbon Jayco back? Yes. Like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't even, your, and I, I don't even know what you said, so I know I'm not cool. Yes, you're not at all. <laughs> I know. I'm like, man, but, my Victorinox is upstairs on the bedside table. Yeah, if you ask me what I carry most of the time, it's a freaking multi-tool. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a wave or a whatever, you know, some of those. But, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's the hype person, right? It's the person or the company that hits the most media reach with all of them. And how much is their bankroll? It's, it's, it, it, that is the definition of show, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's like... When you, when you see people at an event and they're getting pistols with optics and rifles with optics with their nom to error net on those guns. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow. Oh, yeah, buddy. Well, and I'll even give a few people the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I started to do this with honorable intentions, and now I'm just in my own little bubble. I'm the smartest guy I know, and everybody tells mm-hmm. me so all the time. Nobody can check my ego, and if they do, they're a hater. And then I'm sitting over here like, man, Daryl Bulky smacked my pee-pee about an article on the Mozambique. And then the last time I took a class with uh, you know, uh, somebody, they're like, hey, 
you've gotten fatter and shoot worse since the last time I saw you. What happened? I was like, and everybody's like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, he's right. I do shoot worse. And I did gain like 20 pounds. I got married. <laughs> like, it's true. I get my ego checked more than I would like, but I think it works out for me in the long run. Okay, Mike. <laughs> here, here it is for Mike. I'm going to throw Mike on the spot because Mike's one of those guys who's got you know, all the old school stories too, like some of us, right? Uh, all right, Mike, worst one ever that you can remember that you just had to shake your head and have somebody say, okay, we need to do this. And somebody above you was like, this needs to happen because. Oh. <laughs> Without naming names, of course, but we don't want to put yeah, you that's, in a bind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want to put you in a bind on this, but comma. Oh, well, I, uh... Okay, well, magazines out of print. I was the editor, but my senior editor. Oh yeah, um, we wanted you want to do a cover story and a full feature on Team Wendy's helmet. Mm. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because <laughs> this is right after the uh, the, the uh, Clinton scandal, like 2017. Yeah, right after that. Team Hillary. And I'm like, uh, you know, and I'm trying to push back, but not be that guy. Mm-hmm. And it finally, it went. I wasn't comfortable with it. I, I kept it really vanilla, plain. You know, these are the facts. Blah blah blah. Then after it hits, like, oh, I didn't know there was some political connection with uh, Team Wendy. I've been hearing, you know, emails about that. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of why I didn't want to put them on the cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's times. There are. Oh, and it was another one tied in with that too, and I'm drawing a total blank on it. Hmm. Well, it's no, it's kind of it was a issue before that, um, and the issue after that. Issue before that, they I wasn't the editor then; they had another guy, but um, Chris Peranto and uh, Boone from mm-hmm. uh, Benghazi were on the cover. Okay, so then there's a Team Wendy one, another one. Then, uh, yeah, I do this one, and it's uh, another company i've done a lot of work with i, I don't show from or anything i do like their products but um one of their rifles in six five creed got a can for it optic you know all this stuff and uh paid a photographer to go out and you know shoot this cop in the desert shooting the gun and pictures come back i think they're awesome they go to senior editor and oh no these won't do it all what do you mean well, he's not wearing a plate carrier oh yeah. i guess so <laughs> Well, mm. you know, and he hemmed and hawed, and I'm like, Photoshop. I call my photographer. Hey, can we get this guy back? Oh no, he's on the he's out in Elko, Nevada. He's on the other side of the state. <laughs> like, God damn it, I'll do it. So I, you know, throw on my multicam and my friggin' play carrier, go out, do all the pictures, get on the cover, and uh, oh, this is fantastic. And I, literally a week before this, I was like, I'm gonna tell that son of a bitch, I'm not gonna do his magazine anymore. Fuck that, guy. you know, I'm losing, mm-hmm. and uh. So then, you know, like we have a come to Jesus meeting and it's like, uh, well, you know, we did that cover with Boone and Toronto and they didn't wear plate carriers. We didn't sell a lot of issues of that magazine. And I was like, you do know when Toronto fell out in Benghazi, he wasn't wearing a plate carrier. He was wearing a fucking Mickey Mouse t-shirt and flip-flops because yeah. he thought he was going to get bitched at. No, I didn't know that much. Well, didn't you see the movie? Well, in the movie, he wasn't wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt, but in real life, he was wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt they wanted to put that actor in that in the movie and the head of Disney said, no, people don't yep. kill people at night wearing Mickey Mouse shirts. 
<laughs> and Pronto was like, well, I did, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. And I was like, and besides, you have this rifle, six, five Creed. We're talking these kind of ranges. If, you know, a real cop is going to be laying down fire with something like this. He's not going to worry about a plate carrier because he won't get a comfortable position behind the rifle. He'll be so far away. Who gives a shit? He'll probably be sitting in a minivan with the windows yeah. down and his exactly. tripod in the AC <laughs> sipping a latte going, hold on. Right. But, you know, and that's kind of the thing with you've got people who aren't necessarily gun people, but, you know, mm-hmm. hey, he knows how to, you know, do a sentence diagram and, you know, check people's spelling. Um, yeah, he's your editor. He was the English teacher that I hated in school. Right. And not all of them can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's always interesting to see. It's even like some of the marketing people, right, that are responsible for a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I, like a lot of us, we've dealt with a lot of them over the years. It's just no secret. And there's a couple that even to this day, like I will not ever, ever, like even if they're in a ditch upside down on fire, I'd be like, <laughs> remember that time? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to enjoy this. That's terrible. It's a big fire. 911. It's yeah. You hear them. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Good luck. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean like that and their relations with like, um, other marketing groups, right? When they all get together on these things, it's like you try to have a conversation. These are my people. I'll talk to them. I'll do this. I'll do that. Instead, like, oh, okay, cool. Um, it's like you watch them. Like I've, I've seen it all, right? I've seen magazines loaded backwards by them. I've seen guns broken when they've tried to disassemble them to show writers and other stuff. Like I, I've seen the whole gamut of this, right? And you're just like, stop. Just don't touch anything. Go sit in the back, do something and let the people you paid to be here for a reason do this because we actually know what the hell we're doing with certain things. Right. And that's just, that's the other half of it. But I tell you then a lot of the marketing stuff, a lot of the marketing people just aren't it. You know, that's that they have that title, they have that degree. And again, you know, I put a lot of the current blame and success, you know, on them, but it doesn't matter. It's numbers and likes and clicks. And that's why it's so important that people support those sources that they have found to be beneficial because the algorithm does not work in the favor of the end user. Oh, Matt, do you have that tattooed like on the inside of one forearm? Oh, you should have it on my... Eyelids. Like in, in Helvetica size 14 or something? <laughs> Times New Roman. Okay. Oh, fancy. Oh, I figured you fancy, more for it. Fancy. But yeah, even a lot of these media events, you, you know, a lot of media writers events are just scary. The, 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 they're very scary. The the SHOT Show range is either the first or second most scary range I've ever been on. <laughs> but yeah. It, 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 and even though my ego gets checked a lot, that's a nice place to stroke it a little <laughs> bit. Like, hey, can I shoot your new uh, 1911? Well, all the For seven targets – yeah, the the, the 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 seven yard targets blew over. Well, I'll just shoot at those hundred yard ones. Well, it's a yeah. pistol. You can't do that. I'm like, you can. I'm not that good. Steve has seen me okay. shoot. I'm just okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like pow, pow, pow. It's like, holy shit! I can't believe you did that. I'm like, yeah, it, it's a full size ipsic seat, uh, ipsic steel silhouette. No problem, man. Thanks. So you're a grand, distinguished grandmaster in the gunwriter world. Yes, <laughs> uh, I am a uh, an NRA distinguished expert with a pistol. Uh, you know, there you go. I was going to say. 
that's more than most writers. <laughs> C-class carry optics in USPSA and Steel Challenge. Uh, Steve will make jokes about the B-class cop who beat a GM in a class once, but... <laughs> I won't mention that you beat Tim Heron. Uh, <laughs> poor Tim. It's okay. He deserves it. Yeah, it's 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 but but it's 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 just unbelievable. Some of the stuff like like Shot Show Range Day. It's like how many times you duck and you want to wear armor? Um, all of them. Like every like the Mill LE shoot is at least good, right? Like that one is better, but not like the Open Range Day event for me. It's it's oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh God. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's, and the other part of that is what you see is like the lack of, I won't say accountability, but of influencers and meme pages. Y- yeah. They're like, I've had several in courses over the years, <sighs> you know, and they give you the spiel about, Hey, you can do this. We'll give you some publicity and we'll give you this article. Right. And then you start looking, you start Googling their articles and stuff. And you're like, yeah, no thanks. I'm not going to forego a $600 class for somebody to just show up and shoot guns and do whatever bullshit is they're going to do and whatever else, or just their, their lax, their lax days ago, their, their carelessness about things. And they're just, you know, they're very ambivalent about it. And it's just like, Oh, this is what we do. You know, cause they're used to waving guns around for pictures. And, you know, I've had this in some consulting gigs over the years for media shoots and for magazines and whatever else and promotional stuff and videos. And like you get called in to do these things. You're like, Hey man, let's get these other things down first. Here's the deal. Here's the pecking order, how all this stuff is going to go and what it's going to look like, you know? And and I know Eric's had this being up at gun site all the time because that's like the Mecca of gun writer heaven stuff because well, it's gun site and people like to throw their money there and all those old guys and tan outfits and stuff shooting 1911s and Weaver. Um, I'm kidding. I know. I know you are. The problem is out there. There's five people who just went, what? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know people I'm joking. It's okay. You can shoot any way you want. You don't even have to bring a 1911. You can shoot a Glock. It doesn't matter. But, but I know Eric has seen this too. You you know, it's, it's more nerve wracking at times when you know you're going to do a media event than an open enrollment class. Uh It really truly is. I wish more magazines did coverage again of courses. Did what? I wish more magazines, more print media did more coverage of courses. Yeah. That was one of the good things about SWAT. Yes. Was that there was a lot of emphasis on covering classes. Mm-hmm. Education. Yeah. The the, the yes. teaching training side of things. Yes. Um, and I wish I could get some guys... And I would take random people like, Hey, I went to this class with this dude and like, like a print version of the AARs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. To, to write those. Cause mm-hmm. it, it would be nice to see someplace doing that again. And if I could get guys doing it, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, that's a clue. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've done a few, but um, I'll say this the last few times, um, Changed dramatically from the first ones that I, you know, originally started doing them probably as early as 2005 or six. Um, fast forward to 2017, 2008. Oh, we need to get press releases of everyone who was photographed at that event. Oh, there was over 2000 people there. Yeah. Well, they all got to sign this or we can't use your photos. Yeah. 
Yeah, huh? they're not all in the picture. Well, they, you know, they could be blah blah. No. All right, they could be in the background somewhere because they're showing a picture of this gun on the firing line of that dude eight lanes back. Is but nobody cares who that dude is eight lanes back. But, yeah, so you know, yeah. since then, you know, I get my releases done in you know done in advance, but um, yeah. it's it's more of a hassle than you think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a big hassle. It's a big liability anymore for that for that for a lot of things. Okay, but I still wish we could get some people to do it. Yeah, I, I, well, and I wish more people would write about that, right? Like even the ones that do articles on this product, right? Whatever it is, I took Super Ninja Six Thousand Gun to Gunsight Nine Fifty, whatever you know, Ninja Red Dot Twenty Eleven Super Soaker Class, wherever it is you're going, right? <laughs> and it's like, but then then that person writes about themselves and the product. Well, I went and took this class. Da, 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 da. We did extra drills. That's about it, right? But this gun performed amazing. Look, you only shot 550 rounds in a class. It's not that crazy. But what you should tell me about is, you know, what were my takeaways about the gun, right? What, what, not just the gun was reliable, because that's the first thing to hear, right? Or, or the finish held up well, does like 700 draw strokes. Nobody <laughs> cares about that shit, right? Get, get your battle worn finish next week. You know, you'll be okay. Um, whatever right but they don't they don't really put into the context of right of what the course was doing around the gun or the gun doing around that particular course right like yeah got it you know hey we were out here in so and so with x temperature degrees x ammo x whatever doing this you know sand dust dirt mud whatever gun performed remarkably with this we did some drop gun you know pickups you know whatever the case is right like just little stupid stuff like that and that's the hard part too with a lot of writers is because they don't write about like when I used to take the approach of it, because Mike knows this and Dan and Eric, it's like the scariest thing in the world is a blank screen when you're writing an article. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was the first thing that I really remember sitting down and going the scariest thing in the world right there is a blank screen. How do I do this? And talking to some buddies and some friends over time about it I was like, Hey man, just tell the story. Like you're telling us over drinks. Yep. Yep. And that's the easiest thing to do. You know, you know, talk about the funny things, talk about the serious things, talk about the stuff you learned about yourself, the gun, the instructor, whatever. You're, you're not giving away the class because let's be real. There's only so many ways to shoot a build drill. There's only so many ways to shoot a failure drill. There's only so many ways to shoot a headshot or pairs or doubles or whatever the hell it is, the current thing again this week. Right? Like, yeah, but tell us about all the stuff around it that made this gun this way or you this way with this gun and how it felt and all these things. That's that's the hard part, right? Guys, just focus on, I've got this new ABC red dot that is the most amazing electronic open emitter, closed emitter red dot there is. Hey, bro, newsflash, you're probably all getting their emitters from the same place anyway in most electronics packages. And two, it's just a dot, right? You turn it on, it's red or it's green and it's bright or it's not. And it lasts a long time or it doesn't. It's just a damn optic on a gun. But tell us about everything else that made you come to this. Like, how was the dot during lighting conditions with direct sunlight at 7 a.m., 8 a.m.? How was it with indirect lighting when it was coming in from behind you or to the sides at this time? What did you see? Did you have to make adjustments? Did the auto emitter kick in? What? Tell us about all the little things that you've learned. Not about the gun was reliable and I got a free class. <laughs> I, I just had that just a sidebar on something you're talking about. The other day we went and shot in the desert. I live in Nevada now. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I was like, let's see. Uh, 
how this dot uh south vegas uh, okay yeah dirty i'm up here by reno so <laughs> i used to think that was like three hours away and then i learned it was eight and i was like good lord this is a big state <laughs> So it's like, like driving I, from Houston to Dallas. <laughs> so it's like, only 500 was... miles, but it's eight hours to drive. <laughs> but I was like, oh, God, this is horrible facing the sun. I've been shooting like gun optics that didn't have that problem for a long time. Yeah. Now I'm working on a review of something else. Holy shit. All right. Good to know. Mm -hmm. I should have. And then instantly went home, took everything out of the safe. Let's remind myself, what do all these look like mm -hmm. in this in the current lighting condition? Got it. Good, good. Not good. Okay. Yeah. You know, how did it interface with a white light, right? You know, with a weapon yeah. light or a handheld light, how, or just, you know, on that topic, right? Whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it is I'm talking about. It's like, I just came off of a month and a half long trip, right? I was on coast to coast, end to end of the country for, you know, a month plus for events and classes and some consulting. And, you know, I went from 110 degrees to 90 and wet to 19 degrees in the mountains of Utah. Mm -hmm. right because that's always a good time because well it's utah you know the weather starts on at 50 and next thing you know it's 18 degrees it's because it's utah it's beautiful right god and they swipe your id for all booze purchases which is really weird <laughs> they scan it it's crazy it's a mormon militia god bless them and but i'm like hey man you know what really sucked in this class my metal frame gun versus my polymer frame gun <laughs> like yeah. that gun gets really cold again sitting there and with arthritis <laughs> and surgeries that doesn't help a whole lot i'm going back to my g17 gun right i'm putting the polymer gun back in the holster because the metal frame gun sucked right now in this, right because it's just transmitting cold through my hands every time i shoot it great oh hey you know this worked great with this rifle until this happened even the most minute thing like hey man this suppressor and ammo did not interface well at six thousand feet in 18 degrees that's a very real thing with gas systems on these guns right but most writers don't understand any of that shit anyways because they're just blind it's a rifle it's a mid-length gas system it's the best thing in the world shut up you, you know this this ammo this can this 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 often doesn't perform well what was the sound signature like in those temperatures mm -hmm. you know how did that change they don't Al altitude very real thing how did my zero shift change from Michigan to Utah? Yeah. Well, how, how on, did it on zero oh, it shift? <laughs> I shot your class like shit. I was like, man, I'm having a bad couple of days. This sucks. Went home, shot with my wife who had, I, who had, I'd introduced to pistols not that long before she outshot me. I was like, there's no, like that. There's mm. no way benched my gun. Here's the ammo I normally use. Here's the ammo I brought to Steve's class. Oh, at 25 yards, I'm four inches high, right? I'd never shot this ammo before. Got it. Yeah. One, like ammo, bad. Two, also probably me. The, 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 you know, both the gear, the Indian and the arrow were fucked up. I was like, oh man, I wish I would have checked that before I went to his class. I probably wouldn't have impressed him anyway, but I might have looked like less of an asshole. <laughs> Terrible, horrible. No, it wasn't that bad. But but that's the <laughs> things, right? Guys, guys don't get into that, right? They, they don't because they don't when they don't understand it, they don't care about it. Let me just get this article out. Let me get my money and whatever my free products, and I'll turn around and put that shit on gun broker seven months later, a year later after that time frame, whatever the case is. But that, but that's the stuff you don't hear about. Like, hey, you know, there's a definitive notice in signature suppression with this can on this gun at seven thousand feet at nineteen degrees versus being at a thousand feet or 900 feet sea level with, you know, 92 to hundred degree temperature with this ammo or same ammo, right? Like 
that's the stuff you don't get to read about. That's the stuff you don't hear about, right? You really have to go search that stuff out and it matters. Like what? Oh man, it was so cold. I was getting a different flash signature coming off that can between strings of fire because of burnt gases and carbon buildup and temperature extremes. Like mm-hmm. nobody puts that shit in print. Nobody, because they don't get it. Sorry, that's my beef. No. <laughs> it's all your fault, Mike. <laughs> So you just brought up something that I brought up at the beginning that I don't think it would be a bad idea to talk about. Sweet. No, getting all those guns and stuff and put it on gun broker and why that is frowned upon. We're not talking about competitive shooting, are we? (laughs) Ow. Um, (laughs) No. Okay. I I know know one of the people (laughs) he's talking about. I know one of the cases of this happening, but... You know, it's a very real thing, right? Like if you work with XYZ company, right? There's an understanding. We're going to supply you with six guns, whatever it is, right? XYZ rifle. And this and this. And when this, when this contract is over and done, what you choose to do with your guns is what you choose to do with your guns at this point in time in that career. But during your tenure of working with us, you should probably maintain and have control over those guns until that time frame and not selling three of the six off. And then coming back to us going, well, I need three more or whatever the case is, because that has happened. Um, yeah. And it, it's a very real thing. Dudes are just like, yeah, this is a cool gun. I did my demo shit, throw it in the corner, back in the box, whatever, all the paperwork. And it just sits there. And then, you know, six months after the, whatever goes to print, gun's gone. It's just sold. It's over. It's never seen again. When you think of how many gun reviews, YouTubers, whatever the case is, like how many of them do you ever see the same guns that were the best gun ever? This is a great gun. How many times do you ever see it back in their hands? Mm-hmm. Almost zero. Almost zero. Yeah. And, and believe me, people are like, oh, you're just jealous of this. I'm like, bro, I've got a vault room full of guns. I don't need any more. I don't care. I have enough guns to sustain me the rest of my existence as a human being and probably 10 generations after. I don't care because they all do the same fucking thing. Magazines go in, charging handles, buttons, levers, shoot the shit, port more bullets back in. They all do the same exact thing. This happens. Just do it better, longer. And this, ha- and this is Steve's fault. This happens to be the first PPQ I got. Yeah. Awesome. Still great gun. Still yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely does. But 1911s and 2011s are cool again, Eric, in case you haven't heard. And ACOGs now. ACOGs are back too. I heard. Yeah, I they, heard they that. are. What's ACOGs with are the, back. yeah, what is with the ACOG? Yeah. I, I, influencer, I want to hear this. Influencer. Influencer. Oh. Yeah. So our low power variable optics are now. Wait, we, we, we can't call them that anymore. Oh, we can't call them LVPOs good. or LPVOs or whatever. We have to be specific. One to six, one to eight, one to ten, one to four. Yeah, According like to that. who? I don't know. We're not going to. We're not going to go to get into who. Be, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go into who. Just that uh, you can't call them LVPOs anymore. Can I call it MPVO? This is the one. This is the one. That, that one right there. That one right there, Lancer. Like, that one right there. Like if I ever wanted to punch Dave Merrill in the mouth, it was that that, that thing. <laughs> Like, and I've wanted to punch Dave a couple of times over the years because I like Dave, but I still want to punch Dave. That one right there. We need a medium powered variable optic. Like, we have those. It's called a two and a half to 10 or a three to 15. That, yeah, that's yeah. a medium powered variable optic lineup. And 
Swarovski's done it for years, and so has Collis, and a whole bunch of other companies have done these like one and a half to seventeens and weird shit for the European hunting market. It's crazy. So shut up, David. But no, it's 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 kind of funny when that came out. I was like, oh, this is the best clickbait I have seen in years. Good on you, Dave and Recoil. God bless you guys for that one. That was great. Um, <laughs> I was like, so what's my two and a half to ten? If I have a one to four, one to six, and I've got a two to ten, and I've got a six and a half to twenty-five, isn't that a medium-powered variable optic? <laughs> I was like trying to rationalize that in my head, going, "Why? Why are we talking about this again? I don't know." But yeah, it's 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 the trends, right? It's the cycles. Next, you know, the Alcans will be popular again. <laughs> I wanted to like that, and everybody told me the lever sucks, and I never got my paws on one. Cool idea. What it was a cool, cool idea. idea. Yeah, it was a I, great idea. I did finally get to use the ACOG with the piggyback RMR. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty dope. I'm not going to spend money on that. but Now, the ECOS like, was a great setup, man. The, the, that yeah. ecosystem was a great setup at the time and place. What it was originated for and for what it was used, it was a great setup. I mean, it, it absolutely was, but it's like it still suffers from the same problem. It's got shitty eye relief, one fixed magnification problem, a BDC that doesn't line up to anything unless you got a 14 <laughs> five-inch barrel shooting six, you know, 855 ammo or one of their other magical reticles that Trigicon put out for it or the 18 that are there. And, and that's great. And you know, you just have to figure out what it does, right? Like any other BDC optic, but it's like, yeah, but you do get your cool guy chin weld for your red dot. Yeah. So you can keep your head up, you stay in the fight. Only if you're yeah. in a CBRN environment. <laughs> oh, what wait. about red and night vision? Or on a tripod or night vision. Yeah. It's, it's, and this is a thing, right? We've talked about it before. Oh yeah. It's a big, it's a big giant circle. It's just the new 25 year old kids are figuring it out now. Yep. Right. Versus us, you know, guys that are 25, 35, 55, you know, we, we've, we've seen this come and go every, every 10 years, man. It's the same yep. thing. There's nothing new. There's nothing innovative. There's nothing sexy. I, I just heard this on another podcast of night. I was listening to about some stuff and it was kind of interesting. Uh, just listening to it. I'm going, Hmm. Seems like some of us have said that for a few years, you know, about this kind of thing. You know, it, it's the same thing. Like how many different semi-autos or pistols are on that wall behind you, Matt? A bunch. And they all do the same exact thing. Just some do it what? better. Some do it no. easier. Yeah. Some cost more, some cost less, but they all still do the same shit. Let's say something else also that will greatly irritate people. Okay. Despite the calibers, they're all doing the, still doing the same damn thing. Yeah. They're yeah, just pretty much. In you. They're just poking a hole in you. They're poking a hole. 40, 45, 9, 380, 327. I don't care. It's still a pistol round. It's still just yeah. poking holes again. You poking just need to keep applying poking holes until the problem stops getting. Okay, you know, so this is what I need. God's caliber 32 ACP. Oh, I love 32. <laughs> um, yeah, and a Czech Scorpion submachine gun. Yes. 1903. I have Come a kit for one of those. Um, so this Wait, is what I need to find. C-camp. Yeah, yeah, right. C-camps. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mike, think about this. For as long as you've been around and doing this in certain environments, how much of it has really changed? Not a whole lot. I mean, nine millimeters gotten a lot better. Technology um, advancements. But yeah. yeah, that raised the bar for everyone. Because I, I remember uh, going through this with another editor. Um, I don't get this 10 millimeter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, look at your loading manual. What are you looking at? You know, compare this to that, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's not that much of a difference. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. 
I grabbed the spear loading manual from 1980, take a picture of the nine millimeter page, text it to him. Okay. That's what nine millimeter used to be when 10 millimeter came out. Oh <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, man. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, but what has really changed? You know, I mean, we've talked about this before and this is the thing that the writers don't really talk about either. And any of these stuff like, nothing has changed just the metallurgy and the technology has gotten better on the same exact product to increase longevity and reliability which is another good point too because you know 20 years ago you could pick you know any seven eight random guns from a gun shop do a review on them you'd get one that was good a couple are mediocre and you'd get two definite turds in there it's getting harder and harder to find a bad gun anymore yeah i mean look at tours tours used to be shit and it's like hey they're getting better yeah, and a yeah. couple of these other companies, uh, stuff coming out of Turkey, Gerson and T-Sauce and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, you, they know what they're doing, you know, yeah. and metallurgy is getting better. Engineering is getting better. They're moving more stuff over to CNC and yeah. MIM instead of, you know. MIM's oh, getting better. Different degrees yeah, of well, MIM is getting much better. MIM wasn't bad. It's yeah. if you did a shitty MIM application, it was bad. Yeah. I mean, people would say, oh, this gun's got MIM parts in it. Well, you know. You fly in an airplane. Ninety-nine percent of what's around you is friggin' mim parts. You feel mim unsafe parts. up there? Well, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. You just burst their bubble. They had no idea. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it's you know one guy you can pick up on one bad attribute, one bad actor, or whatever, and yeah. someone can extrapolate that to make it like, oh yeah, that's all bad. Blah that's blah blah. Cops. Oh yeah, well you know what? Back when they used to make 1911s, they used to hand fit these things and forge these parts, and no two of them were exactly alike. And blah blah blah. And, you know, but back then, man hours were cheaper than machine <sighs> hours. That was good. Let me just bang that slide across those frame rails. It's going to fit itself. <laughs> that looks about right. It's good. Load it. Yep, it rattles. It'll shoot. It's fine. <laughs> so speaking it's of true. gun riders, speaking mm. of Gerson, I have the their High Point clone right here, which I purchased. High I just, Point or High Power? Or High Power. power. Same, uh, high same power. thing. High Power. Turkish High Not point, the same eh? thing. Same thing. It's close, um, but not what was funny so i was just dry firing and i just thought what if there's i wonder if there's any kind of reset on this nope there's no reset we can't we can't ride the trigger for Thank reset God. so i Stop. guess this is this isn't a good gun Stop. i need to have a tangible reset Oh, 2010 oh, called God. complaining about the Jesus. Stop. oh my no, God. no we're talking 90s oh. Oh my oh, no, god. No, I was talking it. about the why the, the MMP 1.0 was bad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, because yeah. you can't feel the reset on it, therefore it's a bad gun. Oh, just press There's the trigger. We didn't, have reset. we didn't have reset and double action revolvers. Shut up, stupid. Just press the trigger. Well, and that's why I did a pistol class and everyone got some form of double action only something. There's no reset. You need to let out that trigger. Get used to that. Get get the workout. Yeah. High power clone. Thank I you. High powers. It's the same. Yeah, no. I, I love high powers. I love high powers. I'm a high power whore. I love high powers. I didn't I'm know you to... needed to clarify. We just thought you were a whore. <laughs> Fact, but I love some high powers. <laughs> I am a total high power whore from a Novak one to a Yost to a bunch of Nighthawks. Oh, yeah, I love high powers. High powers are just gorgeous. <sighs> Ultimate barbecue church funeral wedding gun. Fact. So going, just taking a couple steps back to a former uh, topic that we just talked about optics. 
is there such thing as a good, durable one, not one power, fixed fixed magnification? Because I would love to throw that on an AR and then just have an offset RDS. And it doesn't have to be an ACOG. It doesn't have to be four power. Maybe a, a yes. nice six power fixed yes. and then have yeah. an offset. Absolutely. Burris did it they for years. It doesn't exist because yeah. no one talks about it. It does not exist. Burris, Burris, even the old loopholes fixed, like some of their more compact hunting line yep. in the Burris line. Like I grew up hunting with a fixed four power weaver, man. Mm-hmm. Like I had a fixed four X weaver and Redfields on my guns for years. And like, it, you told me to this day, like I could pick one, you know, kind of pseudo blah, blah, blah. Optic. I, I would probably pick a fixed four. It makes throw sense. it on the gun, throw a fixed four power on the gun, call it good bold old german threeplex reticle-ish thing yeah. so it was broad and thick and it drove your eyes into the center of the shit and yeah man and i'd slap a red dot on top of that thing at 12 o'clock because 45 offset is dumb um i like 45 45 um, offset is stupid I like it. um it's dumb i found though all my all my low power variable optics even though we're not supposed to talk about them they're always at max magnification so why bother they're either at six or they're at one or they're at four yeah. or they're at yeah. they're at one or five. <laughs> let, let me tell you, like, like I, I wish I could tell you about this product, but I can't ever. Call and it's LK. there, man. It, it, oh, God, no, but so better, but so close, but so better. And there's some stuff like that that's just floating around in a couple places of skunk works. And Is it, it also it made came, by Hollow Sun? No, 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 no. <laughs> God, no. But if this thing ever came to market, people would lose Mind. that sounds That's wonderful amazing. i don't even know what it, it is it is it, it, let, me, let me tell you it would be the answer to a lot of problems it yeah. really would and someday someday i keep hoping i keep prodding them every now and then it's okay you know but no oh, oh. It, it's Sig just like everybody electro lost. optics oh god no okay it's almost as bad as their guns um <laughs> yeah, no thanks i'm sorry but no um you, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those deals that there's, there's answers out there, but people are afraid to bring them out. And, and that's what it is. There, there's answers out there and they're in the skunk projects rooms, man. They're there and people are afraid to bring them out. But uh, again, right. You know, all the writers are going to start talking here in about three weeks, four weeks about all the latest greatest that's showing up, yeah. you know, all the gorilla marketing is going to come out here pretty soon. And they're going to be talking about this latest greatest super blaster. And you're like, that's a cool story, bro. You cut some more ports and holes in the gun and did something and made yeah. it longer or shorter and added some stuff to things, you know. And it's just comical watching it because, again, they're all going to write the same things. When you see it, they're going to get the bullet sheet from the marketing mm-hmm. team about it. This is great. And they're going to get the presentation and the PowerPoint at the office that day. And they're going to get the little tour of the factory that they've all had 17 times. <laughs> and they're going to print this thing out and they're going to scale that in and they're going to talk about their seven yard, 500 round roundup or whatever it is they've done in this gun. And they're going to deem it, you know, good to go. I'd carry this gun today. Why aren't you? And they're going to look at you like, what do you mean? Like, why aren't you carrying that gun you wrote about? Like, I've, I've done that. And they're like, well, you know, I like this gun better. Like, well, why didn't you say that? Well, because I was writing an article about this, but you said you'd carry that gun. So why aren't you carrying it? I love doing that. Because the magazines are more expensive than my Glock magazines, and I got so much shit laying new, around, I'm not changing I have to buy new holsters. Yeah. This is all Mike's fault. I blame Mike about this. 
<laughs> he's already looking through his list of new guns already that are coming to print soon. He's like, oh, no shit. Yeah, it's probably all about the same. <laughs> I blame Matt. Yeah. I blame Matt. Before, before Matt, it, you know, it was none of this Walter stuff, none of this Taurus stuff. It was just the big four, and then that got involved, and now we have to buy holsters for other things. Oh, God. Well, Steve and Jim Dexter, and I believe there was a third, were the ones that said, check out Walther. Give it I a try. I shot some demos for Walther back in, like, 1415 on some of their guns at an event and like you know the ccp m2 stuff whatever blah 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 blah, that stuff years back and like they've always been a good gun that they they've just lacked in certain environments to get pushed into the bigger broader spectrum of things. they've always been a solid gun um you know it's, it's just that thing and there's a lot of good companies like that they just suffer from the lack of acceptance due hk to clearly oh god i miss my vp70 did uh did you see I shot? Uh, a, a yes. Yes, you did. I'm trying. You what? Dude. I, I, I shot a test uh, with VP70. It was like, buddy gave it to me. Here, shoot this. Ten rounds. Okay, yep. Yeah. Trigger's weird. Okay, another ten rounds. Oh, shit, I passed. And he's like, I've never – and he and I are pretty similar level shooters. It's like, I've never passed a test with that. I didn't know you could do that. The trigger and the sights. It's like, I like these sights. Three-stage trigger, low-profile sights. Place them over the thing and shoot it. Oh. And it's a combat – and it's a European six o'clock hold for the sights to print and register. And it's a great gun. Oh, and it, it was beautiful. The, the two – parts on the outside were just shining brightly in the sun and then the black pit in the middle i was like oh that's exactly where it goes what do you mean these are hard to use that is so simple like this is great yeah well i remember like a 1911 straight to the rear stop it stop it nobody (laughs) does that with their guns but that was one of those no, I was just gonna say that was one of those guns in college that you I, you could see at a local gun store, but I couldn't afford. Same, and I've yeah. never seen bucks. one since. Six hundred dollars, you know, yeah. like six hundred bucks. Then was crazy. That was one of the first pistols I ever bought working at a gun shop. And then one came in, I was like, I gotta have that gun for no other reason than it's really stupid looking, and I gotta have it, you know. Yes. And this is the thing that I wish more like gun magazines would do, right? Like, or more publications. And it was like, hey man, retro guns that are still acceptable or usable or yep. whatever right like i'm not talking 1911s and wheel guns here right we're talking the obscure so like, like, the old Steyr, like the old Steyr gb9 or whatever it was yeah, right yeah, the yeah, old yeah. 19 shot Steyr, right that was a i just wrote that up for gun digest oh cool really huh? yeah it was awesome. probably two issues ago that's awesome but you know just just guns but i've like had that, a regular right? feature in uh recoil concealment at every issue it's uh called crapshoot Cheap two hundred dollar gun. See how it works. You know, I've done like CZ seventies. Um, what's the one I just? Oh, uh, the Ramon. Uh, Rama- God damn, turning to Joe Biden. Uh, the Romanian uh, Takarev. Oh, yeah. TT thirty. Yeah. Walther yeah. PP. Huh? Mm-hmm. Pretty good little thirty two. Uh, what was it? A P eighty three or the old H and K? The PSP. Thirty two or three eighty, whatever. PSP was a nine. Uh. Was yeah, PA three, PA three is some weird. I can't keep up with all their numbers. It's just you know, but you go like twenty two, like, thirty two, twenty five, three eighty five, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the Walther P five. Oh, never shot one, but I like how Ooh. it looks. Yep. What was their other one? The P eighty three or the P eighty five? Uh, so it's kind of like a cross P- between a Luger and a high power and a Sig. <laughs> I thought was that was that the five. 
was that P5 the one with a decock, a frame mounted decocker yeah. that, that was like so, a yeah. weird P5. paddle? Okay. Yeah. 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 That was a little bit ahead of its time, I think. Yeah. There, there was a lot of guns like that, though, when you think about it, right? Like when you look back, right? You had that Steyr. That Steyr GG was yeah. a weird. Yeah. Right? That was a gun that people were like, well, it holds 19 bullets, but who's Steyr? You know, like, they've only been making <laughs> guns for like 9,477 yeah. years, used in like 18,000 right. world wars and 17 continents, you, you know, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've been around a while, like Walther and some other places, you know, in Volkswagen. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that people have missed out, right? A, a generation has missed out on things. It's like the shotgun versus AR debate, right? There's yeah. this generational gap that has missed the actual factual use of shotguns, where the M4 is the only gun in the world to have, because yeah. it's an yeah. M4, right? Or, 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 you know, even, even the non-acceptance of scout guns. Of what? The scout, scout rifles. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a, scout, I, I'm a scout dude, right? Like, I love scout rifles. I'm weird, but I love scout rifles. Oh no, I, 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 there's a project I still want in 300 blackout, a super short scout, but I, I, I'm enough down the scout road that I had one of Freddie's old, well, it started with Freddie and ended up with one of his old gunsmiths, a yeah. left-handed 375 Ruger heavy huh. scout. Yeah. Yeah, with what? detachable yeah, AI. Eric, why left-handed though? That's just wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> not for him. But, but you know, we we've done the game. You know, I yeah. had a I had a Remington six sixty three fifty Rem Mag Scout. You know, six hundred and three oh eight. You know, Styers Ruger Scouts. Um, the, 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 the Savage Scout was a good gun. But but these are the things that don't get put in the print, right? Because everybody's doing this thing. But it's like when you look at the 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 people behind the curtain still. Right, that are in those prohibitive states and the soon to be even more prohibitive yeah. states. Yep. Right, with things it's Australia. Like, I don't care about them. That's their problem. They were, they were a communist colony of penal people, anyways, and nobody cares about them. Canada, um, too much red on their flag. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but when you look at, you know, California, Illinois, New York, Oregon now, you know, and all these other places yeah. that are becoming these things, you know, some of the East Coast states are Connecticut, Mass, Maryland, whatever, yeah. and have all got these funky laws like, hey, man, there's a place for a scout rifle with a 10-round box magazine and a bolt gun. There's yep. a place for a 357 mag lever gun. Lever there's gun, a yep. place for a yep. Woodstock yep. Model 12 Ithaca, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are places for these guns, and that's what should be getting addressed as well. Well, I would just do Amen. this. Uh, you you say that now, dude. I would just use my M4, blah, blah, blah. You say that now until you're put on the stand for using that gun in a yeah. prohibitive state and da-da-da-da-da, right? Like, so, so stop talking. In in 2020, the home defense gun went from suppressed AR with a red dot and the mod light and all the stuff to, and here is a 12-gauge pump-action shotgun with yeah. flight control in it. Yep. Or it, was, overrated. it wasn't even flight control. It was yeah, whatever yeah. they could get whatever in you 2020. Get. Yeah. yeah, whatever you yeah. can get in 2020, right? Yeah. So, so, so this cool. is it, right? And this is the stuff that needs to be put back into print. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff that needs to be put real, into print. Like real stuff. And and not yeah. just the your st- just talking about you know the how things are cyclical. Obviously, mm-hmm. like as a, as a not younger guy, I haven't seen all the cycles but going back and reading the old stuff you know people like well we've never really talked about like mindset and you know well-rounded defense like well if i just read cooper's principles of personal defense like oh damn he's talking about that shit in there you know what whatever you think about you know different opinions on um uh no second place winner and uh and him like thought like hey yeah, Bill Jordan, economy emotion, right? Don't jump down squat. That's not you know efficient. 
you know, I was like, I'm like, damn, like they are right. This is cyclical. This shit has been figured out for a long time. You mean guys putting B8s in like the upper chest yeah. area of a yeah. silhouette target? What? Who did that? <laughs> in like pictures <laughs> of the border patrol from the 1920s? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like crazy stuff like that. Right. You know, where, where things are still acceptable or reasonable. Yeah. Right. At these times. And that's, those are the things that, that should be going back into print. Right. We shouldn't like neglect those places necessarily. And people should have a better understanding of what, like, you know, Hey man, your suppressed 300 blackout in Texas isn't going to work for you in Illinois. It's not yeah. going to work mm-hmm. for you in New Jersey. It's not going to work for you in New York. It's not going to work for you here, here or there. And you know, we understand it, but it's like, yeah, if I lived in one of those places right now, there'd probably be a Woodstock 870 sitting there. There'd Heck probably yeah. be a Model 19 or a GP100 or something sitting there or a Speed 6. Yeah, Winchester 97 Meg. Yeah, 94 lever gun or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Like, I, I'm confident with those guns. I've killed a lot of animals with all of those guns. Like, I, I know how they work, and that's the thing, right? End user. But they don't talk about these things, right? Because mm-hmm. all these things have to be sexy. Because that's what it sounds like. Like Mike was saying about the plate carriers, right? right? Like that's the problem. If it's not sexy, if it's not this, it doesn't sell. But yet it should be talked about to make it sell, yep. to understand it so people understand it more and they can just at least, even if they disagree with 50% of it, it should still be enough to turn the other 50% of the hamster wheel in their head to go, oh, that makes sense there. It doesn't make sense here. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a sidebar. I've been having a riot killing deer with a 357 Mag Rossi. <laughs> I have been murdering white tails with that gun left and right with cheapy American Eagle 158 jacket and soft points. And it's stupid. And it kills him dead. Yeah. Like right now, dead. I'm like, hmm. Yes. Well, everything that you just said, this was a realization I had a few years ago. Chasing the latest and greatest is boring. I don't care. It's nice to keep it. I, I like to keep track of it, but mm-hmm. I'd, I'd much rather understand nuance. That's why I jumped into shotguns, revolvers, mm-hmm. all this stuff that yeah. isn't considered mainstream. And cause that's, it's not cool. It's not sexy. I don't care. Yeah. I, I want to learn about the things that aren't really that mainstream, but they're important because they're real. Like, like an AMT long slide auto mag and 30 carbine. Oh, yeah. See, now there's a man's gun. Well, as opposed to the as opposed to the AMT 45 pocket backup gun. Yeah. The little backup gun. I had one of those in 380, the old AMT 380 backup pistol. Yeah. Right. But but little things like that. Right. Like like I would not feel undergun with a 30 carbine real old Ruger Super Blackhawk. No. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. (laughs) And, And. for guys, it's like, not that far off from the 327 Federal either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that, that's it. For you know, guys who are teaching or you know, law enforcement, you, you like, I might have to interact with somebody's gun or gear, and knowing mm-hmm. I don't have to rack all the rounds through this shotgun's chamber to eject. Or here's how I open the cylinder of a Colt and a Ruger and a Smith and Wesson oh, revolver. Yep. I, in like 2018, I took a local guy's, you know, tactical pistol two class with a Model 10, and uh, and he was the uh, like the lead instructor for the county SWAT team. He's like, I don't know anything about revolvers. Do you want to teach for like 20 minutes about how to shoot them? I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess. Like I'm top shot in class with a Model 10. More most people around, it's like local level. They kind of suck, but yeah, sure. Here's how I do a reload. Some guys reload like this. It's called that. Here's the gear. 
Yeah. Yep. You, you wouldn't be surprised, but you would be surprised. And Eric knows this. Like, like I've taught enough familiarization courses mm-hmm. to some, some local stuff about, so like, how do we do this with this AK thing? Or what if we yeah. find this? You yeah. know? So, so like, I get a chance to bring out all the weird stuff off the wall. Like this is an M14, right? This is yeah. an M1 Garin. This is, you, you know, this is an AUG. This is a Tavor. This is a revolver. Mm-hmm. This is a Colt Pocket 1908, you know, whatever, some weird guns. Like, so how do you lock the slide back? Well, you don't. <laughs> you don't yeah. lock the slide yeah. back on this, right? You, it, it, and they just, they don't understand because they've never been exposed to them. Like, we used to shoot a match for years, a two-gun match that had, like, a mystery gun stage that would show up. Yeah. Like, like yeah. here's this oddball gun, and you had to figure it, out how to load and how to use it. You know, it was a fanfire. The the the, uh, the one match I did like that, it was at a range, and they just took guns out of the rental counter. And they handed it to you when you got to that part. Yeah. I got the Taurus Curve, and nice. I and every oh, other I round. Oh yeah, yeah. Every other round, uh, some sort of stoppage. Yeah. It, y- yes, sir. You must take the safety off that 1911 to rack the round out of the chamber and safe it. I have to take it off mm-hmm. safe. Oh yeah. Watch your fingies. How, yeah. How does this what work, it, Mike? Anymore? How do, how does this work anymore, Mike? Like, how do you how do we get to this point with writers or staff? to make them understand these things are like, Hey, here's something different, right? Something out of the norm that either we think should be addressed or maybe not addressed or like, what do you think of it? Right. Like as, as, as telling guys who are under your umbrella as writers or whatever, to be like, Hey man, we should look at some of these other oddities for whatever reasons. You mean <clears throat> writing on stuff that's no longer a production? Yeah, even even that, like like you know, we've talked about like either guns from behind the curtain states or certain odd things, you know, other than like your your crapshoot stuff, which is cool. And then, but it's like like a no shit article on hey, and I'm not talking like God bless them because I've worked with them for years, you know, like a Costa lever gun class, but like you, you know, like a Lee Weems slash intermediate version yeah. of like hey man, this is how you use a lever gun, right? Like mm-hmm. this is these are the principles behind it. This is what a thirty thirty almost is equivalent to. As far as horsepower goes, somewhat close to an AK round, to vice versa, what, whatever, right? Yeah, it'll never. It's tough because yeah, I mean, it's the ugly. It's the thing we we don't like talking about is you know the stuff's driven by advertising. It's driven by you know companies that are producing this stuff. You know, uh, yeah, I want everybody to get informed, learn as much as they can, but you know. Is sure. Winchester going to, you know, really give a shit if anyone's using a gun they made 50 years ago for hunting and self-defense anymore? Right. But new Ruger Marlin might, right? So. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Uh, if yeah. they, yeah. you know, were to take that step. And, you know, and the other thing too, and I shouldn't say it's right. all about money because if you have a good editor, good editorial team, and they kind of have that same vision of, yeah, we got we got to get this thing out to people and, you know, They'll say, yeah, let's do an inter- like, uh, ah, hey, keep bringing up recall. We did that a couple of years. We did all retro issue. Mm-hmm. Like, what would happen if, you know, semi autos were never invented? Yes. I never I did like a tactical lever gun front. with a silencer and a light. And a, I mean, a lot of bullshit on there I wouldn't normally put on it, but I didn't even said that in the article. Hey, I light and a scope and a can. That's about it. I want a sling, but, you know, the, this stuff. It's out there. People make it. If you find it useful, you know, you find mm-hmm. it useful. Oh, it's like my 4570. Yeah, yeah. You know, put a mall on it. And, I mean, 45, you know, that's a good one. Like, uh, 
sometimes I kick too much on reloading and people, Oh, I don't want to, I don't care about that. I'm like, well, you know, you're not really a gun guy unless you understand all that shit. And if you look at a 45, seven, I mean, you can load that way down and kill squirrels with it, or you can load it way up and kill muskox and bison and, you know, Buffalo and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. 146 years can't be wrong with that caliber. Just saying. But if, you know, if you're just some asshole who goes down to Walmart and buys what's on the shelf or, you know, whatever's in the gun shop and you don't, you know, take the steps and investigate, hey, yeah. I might have this rifle, but I can go from here to here with it. I can go from point A to point B. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things people say, oh, if you can only keep two guns. What would you keep? Well, you'll probably laugh, but a four and five, eight Ruger Vaccaro old model and 45 Colt, because I can load that from mm-hmm. cowboy all the way up mm-hmm. to take any animal in North America, any person, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. give me a pair of those and a shotgun. I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I mean, you get all these hate on shotguns, sword. but you know, you end of the world situation. Well, you get a shotgun with, you know, say a 21 inch, you know, choked barrel and a 26 inch, you know, also with it, you know, it's like, all right, I got rifle sights in the short barrel. I got, you know, the bead on the long one. I could take pigeons. I can take doves. I can take rabbits, parmesan. I can put this one on. I can yeah. take people. I can take deer, you know, mm-hmm. and it's real. Oh, it's a moose. Yeah. 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 I, I can't necessarily do that real well with my AR comma, but yeah. One of one of the things that kind of made me think of this was a conversation I was having with Haggard a while back. <laughs> there, and I know Steve and Mike and Dave are all going to appreciate this. There are times you have to do things for advertisers that will allow you to do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and one way you can see that is how things are phrased. If you're interested in this, then go look this. here yeah. versus go I buy like for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there's, there's some industry code words there, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, but sometimes as writers, as editors, you have to do things yeah. for those folks. And it's yes. because, Hey, they're paying the bills. They're keeping the lights on. They're keeping food on your table. Right. Yeah. But you're not necessarily, selling out you're just putting out the information and giving people a pointer oh for a minute there i thought you're talking about masayub so um i i <laughs> i'm not mentioning what anybody else does i'm Get trying to, no i know <laughs> uh, talk about staying power as a writer Right, that there's a dude who's been writing since what the 70s? Oh, Forever. probably at, at least, least. I, I, at I least think when, the 1970s. when guns magazines were on parchment, yeah, <laughs> birch, birch bark, birch bark, and yeah. Cool. yeah, you know, like I think he was part of the constitution. Um, <laughs> but but that's a real thing, right? When you look at a lot of the writers today, still that are still putting shit in print, right? It's legacy writers, right? There's still yeah. a lot of legacy writers because, well that's been the norm for all these years and they have all these ties to all these places, regardless if you like it, love it or not. I mean, you look at like Sheriff Jim Wilson, right? Look at Masa. You look at, you know, Cirillo would probably still be writing today if he was God, alive. Yeah. You know, Louie would still be writing. Pat, you know, all these other guys that, that, that used to do this, you know, and then while they weren't the big mainstream writers for all the magazines across all the boards, but you can remember going back to articles with Moss and, you know, 
police magazines, Paladin videos, whatever yep. it was at the time to field and stream outdoor life. Right. You know, talking about, Hey, I was out hunting in, you know, New Hampshire with my, you know, Thompson center contender 22 Magnum pistol. Right. Um, so like, I remember these articles going, going all the way back to those days when I first started reading this stuff and understanding it back in the eighties and nineties. So a lot of these guys have still have that writing staying power, but it's like, when you look back, you can see the regurgitation of some of it, right? There's a yeah. lot of regurgitation, a lot of old articles coming back cycling through, which is still good to read, right? Like, cause I, I remember reading that stuff way back then, you know, it'd be like reading articles from Brent Weeks though. God love Brent. But you, you know, so there's, so there's all these things that are out there, but these guys have had the staying power for so long. But mm-hmm. why, even though they're not caught up in what we would consider the modern way of, pistol ring or rifle ring or whatever you want to call it these days because i don't even care anymore but but you know what i mean right it's like we're still they're still talking about certain things while there's some merit there's still some some things to those they're not what you would consider the current crop of writers right or the current mm-hmm. gun food dudes but like like dan was saying right like like Cooper's principles, right? All these things, right? They, they all come back around. They're still kind of the same thing, just a different verbiage or format now. And it, it's still that same practicality and it's the, still the same application. But these guys are still writing about a lot of the same stuff, right? But why are they still doing it? Yep. Why are they still here? Why are they still writing? Why are they still doing it? You, you know, all, all these things. And these guys have been around for a long time. And I, and I know Mike's known that, you know, he's known a lot of these guys through his other time and other magazines and companies and stuff. Right. And he's seen this over the years as well. Not putting Mike on the spot again, but it, it's just fact, right. He's, he's, he's been there a lot longer than I have, or you have in this matter. Uh, but yeah. why, you know, but why are these guys still doing it? And what is the relevancy of them still doing it? Just like somebody will say that about us in five years right or three years oh, yeah. or whatever no. mike that means you should say something about this well <laughs> <laughs> there's also a thing in there too i never meet your heroes oh yeah yeah so i've had really good guys, luck with that i grew up with oh man i read his stuff blah blah, blah and then i meet him in real life and it's like oh, like, oh <laughs> ooh, yeah Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I expected. <laughs> I can think of a match I shot in the mid nineties where I, I won't say I met the heroes, but I, I met folks that were popular in print at that time. And that, that was an interesting experience. Yeah. 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 I remember those days too. But it's, but it's just that thing, right? Like, why is there that staying power, right? Is it just the, because again, the industry is stuck with what is known and they're still trying to retain now that age bracket, let's just call it 55 to 75, 55, 65, right? So does that still maintain that presence to them because there's the association with those writers, those dudes new growing up or in their thirties, forties, whatever, now in their fifties, sixties, seventies, right? It's kind of like today with us or, that crop of people let's just call it 25 to 35 okay age yeah. bracket where it's like it's the same exact thing but now it's their social media people it's their ig people it's their youtube people right and then you have the 55 65 crowd right that was their people from the print day so it's it's the same exact shit it's just a different generation is all it is it's, it's that gap that's being filled in by the same exact thing and they're going to follow those same people through their same entire course just like we did Right. Like 
Cooper, Cirillo, Pat, Clint Smith, right? All those dudes, Louie, all those cats for years, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we knew. That's who we knew. That's how we looked at things. Yeah. Even though a lot of us have a broader sense of things because of what we've done over the past 20 years and we understand culture A, culture B, right? Right. But, but that's exactly it. You know, they're still here because of that reason. Yeah, and the magazines used to be an old boys club. Bingo. Yep. It was hard to break into writing. I mean, it's not easy anymore, but yeah, you know, it was really hard. Yeah. I, mean, I had like film and Blade magazine. You know, I you either had to shotgun approach a bunch of a bunch of print sources, or somebody had to shoulder tap you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that's what we Blade Magazine was for you. Oh, hey, I got this, you know, because I know a lot of knife makers and, you know, stuff yeah. like this, but I was typecast because uh, the boxing and MMA and the knife fighting classes and all that, I'd reach out to the editor of Blade, Steve Shackleman. Hey, I got this great story. This guy I know, he's a scrimshaw artist, and he's done this for President Bush, and it's a Damascus heirloom buoy, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we don't do articles about knife fighting. Do what? <laughs> Every no matter I no matter what I pitched it, we don't do articles mm-hmm. about knife fighting. You know, yeah. No, we don't use knives as weapons. I'm like, um, okay, you've said that like eight times, and I get it, but <laughs> and then eventually he took a chance on me, and you know, I did some work for them for a while, and uh, mm-hmm. but you know that that was their thing because the company that owns them, who also used to own Gun Digest, by the way, uh, owned. Oh God, what was it? Baseball card collecting magazines and sewing mag. I mean, just what was the name of that company? Uh, Krauss or FNW Media. I mean, if you look them up, you'll see all these like, so they had a, they wanted to keep their, you know, thing there. They had to market it just as collectibles. Mm-hmm. Oh, knives aren't weapons. These are things people collect and they're expensive and they're rare and blah, blah, blah. And, and it worked for them. But, uh, you know, it also left, you know, a big void in the marketplace there. You know, there was very few. Maybe the old tactical knives, or the other one before that, fighting knives, would yeah, actually do knives. stuff like, you know. Well, yeah, when you think about that, right, you had a very limited market even then, right? You had Bernie right. Emerson. You had Steve Tarani. Uh, yes. You had some of the stuff from uh, Mike Janich after a while there. Then you had, even in the midterm, um, oh, God, what was his name? He always used to wear the big leather wrist cuffs. Knife guy, big knife guy off the West Coast somewhere. God, Yeah. James, was it James? James, James Keating. Keating. Yep. Keating, James yeah, Keating. Keating. And then you had like in like that era, like coming up to the part of the nineties, you had Williams. Right. Um, you, you know, then you had, well, then you get into like that other culture that came about with like mad dog. And then you got into, won't even touch that. Um, right. So you had a very limited scope there too with, with guys, right. In that world or with those experiences. And that was a very limited world too, unless you got overseas. You know, so that was a very limited aspect too of this whole thing in that culture. Right. right. Yeah, James Keating, Riddle of Steel. That was it. Yes. James Keating. Yeah. Remember those days? Good days. Yeah. Knives are weird. Knife people are weird. Yeah, they are. <laughs> hmm. But, but that, like Eric was saying, you know, and, and Mike, that's the same thing. It was a good awards call. Like you, you couldn't get in unless somebody tapped you in. You, right. you weren't getting into it. It was like Hollywood. Like, like you yeah. weren't getting the movie coordination without getting that blessing off. And if you weren't three people, four people, you weren't getting in that door for reasons. Like there was just no way it was such a lot. Well, it still is such a lockdown with three or four of those names still at this point. But 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very hard place to, to break into. It was, it was even just on the writing side. It was very tough. Very, very tough. Hmm. So you brought up a bunch of original sources of info, and then there's been a generation or two. What about those sources that all they can do is repeat what they've heard? Everybody learns something from everyone, right? Like standing on the shoulders of those before us, right? Absolutely. And like we talked about earlier, kind of in the prequel to this, like there's only so many ways to do certain things with pistols or rifles or shotguns. And it's just the experiences that you're putting behind it or trying to get X information across to people based on those experiences or, or those things, right? It, it, it's, you know, Eric, Eric will remember these days as well. Um, even, you know, through the original, you know, API, Gunsight, Orangish, blah, 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 blah. There, there wasn't a lot of places to go to learn. No. You, you, had, you had the military, you had the police, and you basically had Gunsight. You had those three places, right? And then you got, then you got into a couple other developments that came down, but you needed to get certain creds to get behind the fence to learn at those other places that were available at that time. And it was like this big mystery behind that fence with all this other shit that was going on. But now today, it's like sure you can go to Shaw's Mid South stuff like yeah. that. Um, but but you had you had th you had three revenues of information really for the practical part of it, and then you had, you, you know, this explosion of well. We had practical pistol competition that came out of big bear matches, right? Gunsight era. So everybody who's shooting USPSA and IPSC and shit, that all comes down to the old leather slap matches and those matches that were held coming out of that era. era. Right. And that was the 50s, 60s. Again, going into the 70s. Yeah, right? leather before slap that, was 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And before that, we had, you know, and during that time, we had practical police combat stuff, PPC. Yeah. And you had bullseye shooting at Camp Perry. And today, everything we still do is still wrapped around all those things. And that's the history part that doesn't get written about in a lot of media either. Like, people don't know where this comes from. There's no new grip. There's no new ways to press a trigger. There's no new ways to stabilize a gun. There is none of that shit. It's all garbage. It's all made up crap for marketing hype for people. Period. But that's it. Like, you, you think the Army AMU marksmanship bullseye team shoots any different than the same guys did in the 1930s, 40s, 50s bullseye shooting at Camp Perry? No, their gear has changed. I mean, they've gotten smarter about certain ways of doing things because of technology and information, but it's still generally the same shit. It's like we just came in on the 100-year anniversary of Eugene Stoner and the AR. What's changed? Gas systems and metallurgy? go into the question about you know what what the experience people have that are writing is it's kind of like the experience that people teaching have is how how good are that you know it's let me back up at some point there has to be practical there should be practical application experience like like i wouldn't guy, go to a guy to teach me to shoot ppc if he hadn't actually shot ppc yeah. if he just watched youtube videos i probably wouldn't go see him um and I know this this was something we were going to kick around on the SME side on a for another episode. But if your only experience is taking classes, right, then maybe what you got was what that one dude taught you, not what that one yeah. dude knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
it would teach what you learned, not what you, that's what you were taught. Yeah. And which that phrase of yours has really stuck with me since I heard that. Um, but like, for example, hunting, I, I could go take a bunch of long range classes and long range with my hunting rifles can be two to 500 yards for some of them. Right. But until I actually go out into the brush, go out into the woods, go out onto a hillside and try to apply that at best, I can teach people how to get a sight picture and manipulate a trigger, not mm -hmm. how to apply it. And shoot from field positions. Yeah. For real field positions. Field positions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's, that's the other part of this, right? It's like, Mike, you know, how, how does this information get out again? Right. It's like, how do these things like, you know, how do the guys understand like where all this came from, right? Like the history part of it that needs to go to print. So people understand it again. Right. So it's there on paper, not just video, right. Or whatever the case is. And, that, and that's always the hard part with this because most of the outlets, be it digital or print, are so sucked into that one aspect right now or two, three, four of them, but it's all kind of the same, you know, the same thing coming from marketing crews. That's the frustrating part. It's like, there's so much still lost, but there's yeah. still a lot that needs to be learned. Yeah. And you've probably noticed this too. Um, I was pointing out that there's like a dark ages we've had and I'm trying to figure out when it started and stopped, but kind of stopped about 2005 ish. Maybe start a little bit before that, but it's like it seems overnight. Hundred years of history and how how we do things was just lost, and it's like all they know are Glocks and ARs. Mm -hmm. Glocks and I, I do a thing. Oh yeah, I bought this lever action rifle. The stock was you know dented, and, and I stripped it down, and I sanded this, and blah blah blah. And, oh my God, you put so much work into that. I'd never be able, dude. I just yeah. spelled it out in like ten minutes. There, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like it, there's things people used to do just to you know get something working. Now it's like you know, disposable society, throw everything away completely. Or, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Oh, you know, why are you buying that CZ seventy five? That gun's about forty years old. Well, you know it still works, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's great. You, you know, I mean, that's just that's just it, right? You know, we're we're, we're into the spot now where. Yeah, you know, people can take an armorer's course, right? On a Glock, a Sig, a Smith, or whatever, you know, cold, blah, 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 carbines, whatever. That's good. It's great. But it's the people that have never taken apart like a 92. Yeah, right. Right. Or, or they've never taken apart, like, like how many guys, you know, that could actually field strip their bolt gun? <laughs> you know, yeah. like how many guys could actually figure out how to take the firing pin out of the bolt and time it right from the back correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, things like that, like they, they can't, right? Or they don't really understand. It's like it's easier to take it to the local gunsmith here, drop it off to this guy and let them go through it and fix it when you realize you've still got all this WD-40 and gun oil that's turned into varnish is why your gun didn't go off this trip, you know, in negative 40 degrees or whatever the case is. There's still some of that, that there's a lot of that that is lost. A ton. If you just yeah. can't apply more lube to it, it's not worth it. If I just well, can't put more lube on the gun, it's not worth it. That requires effort. Need to go out and shoot. Train. I, I I just picked up a Browning BLR 1972 production Belgian gun and 243 at a garage sale that would not feed to save its life. And I was like, oh, I know why this didn't happen. Let me go look through this old big ass blue book that I have, right? The old gunsmithing books that you could buy, you know, volumes one through 20 or whatever. I'm like, right. hmm, the timing is off on this, probably. Hmm. That's what would make sense in this because of the way the levers are. 
cool. So I'm going to take the gun apart and take a look at this thing. And you know, and you scattered out on a workbench for a month and you look at this thing and go, Holy shit. That's a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> people are, people are intimidated by these things. Right. It's like, how do you actually field strip an entire 1911 down? Even though it's only like, you know, 37 parts versus 33 parts in your Glock. It's scary when you look at that, those three springs all cocked differently. And you're like, Holy shit. That's a lot of stuff going on in that gun. Right. You take apart this BLR and I'm like going, it's just a big giant clock ratchet system, yeah. you, you know, but this is where it's off. So this needs to be set here. The bolt handle needs to be pulled back here to bolt. figure that shit out. People, right. Like th th that degree of person, not as a whole is gone, but a vast majority from long yeah. gone. Right. Well, it's I, talking about that, that, that mechanical knowledge it's we're losing gunsmiths. Yeah. We just, we don't even have gunsmiths around. And I did a 1911-2011. gunsmiths, like true gunsmiths. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Classic about, gunsmiths. right? Guys that were machinists that knew how to do this. And now we've got this kind of resurgence in 1911-2011s and no knock on any of the companies <laughs> making it. But I'm going to be really interested in seeing in about three to five years how many of those guns are still up and running yeah. with, without – constant trips to the factory because mm -hmm. there are not the gunsmiths in your county no. yep. you know or the adjacent county that can do that work the way they were when i started carrying a 1911 on duty as a baby cop in 90 yeah. my, my experience with gunsmiths uh back home i used to live in kind in in the midwest i had one guy tell me well, why are you trying to put suppressor height sights on your red dot gun you can you don't i'll just sell you a rear sight because you'll be able to see the front just you know tilt the gun up and now you can use it it's like well that's not how that works and then there was one one gentleman in the area who would work on my m1 garand and then same guy also uh fabricated and fixed a colt lightning like like, like the 1877 38 revolver and it i called everybody in town two other guys knew what that was and they're both like, yeah. fuck that. I'm not doing that. Call him. He might hook you up. The hard part of that, too, is finding a good classic gunsmith, right? Who yeah. knows a lot of these things, who also shoots. Yep. Yeah. Like, like I, I grew up working in a gun shop with a gunsmith who was good, right? Like, this dude knew things about guns. Like, I was like, I thought I knew about guns. He knew stuff about guns. It was funny because he was also a gun writer. But he was also a shooter, a very yeah. good shooter. Well, you, you remember Pat Sweeney. What's the name? Pat Sweeney. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Pat Pat was my gunsmith at a gun shop here in Michigan that I've worked in for years. Pat was the gunsmith there. Pat doesn't live too far from me still. Um, but yeah, like Pat was the first dude who really like I could sit down on a bench with in the shop, in the back room of the gun shop that I worked at and go, yeah. But when Pat talked about things like you understood what he was telling you about right but he also knew because he was also a shooter yeah. you know if he wasn't shooting idpa ipsec uspsa stuff i course stuff you know second chance matches pin shoots all this stuff but pat knew how to make guns work but he also knew how to modify guns right like ned christensen mm -hmm. ned was another dude you know he'd write for swat he'd write for this he'd write for some other stuff from time to time but that dude knows how to build some guns and he knows how to build the tools to work on guns guns all, all all that is lost but but that's the thing right you know pat was a writer pat became yeah. a gun writer you, you know he was a gunsmith because he did like guns and ammo tv and whatever else he did you know over the years of shit 
Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just funny looking at that while we're talking about those things, right? So here's a dude who can do all those things. He can shoot, he can fix guns, he can build guns, he can work on guns, but he could also write about them from a position of what we would consider subject matter expert yeah, or authority right. in the media. Right. I know Mike knows them a little bit as well, probably from other years of stuff from other publications and that. So, but yeah. So, you know, it's, Oh, go ahead. No, you're right. I was going to say, fantasize with me for a moment. Justin Carroll wrote an article a couple years ago for Swift, Silent, Deadly talking about the bachelors of tactical science. We all need to come together, start a college that he had a, re a perfect one and the, and the real world. To do all this shit, you got to take your history class. You got to take your marksmanship. You got to take mm. your mechanics class. Somebody just start a college to do this shit and not like, hey, here's my YouTube advertisement for this uh, particular gunsmithing school, and I'll get uh, an affiliate link with that. But like, let, let, let's all get together and yeah, and be a big happy family. And maybe I can finally get a college happen. degree. Have you ever sat down with your own family at Thanksgiving? That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know we got on a tangent on a couple of things, but, 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 you know, somehow it all comes back into us, right? It, it, it's the knowledge, it's the transfer of knowledge, it's the information mm -hmm. through print and digital um, and practical, but where, where do all three combine, right? Like how do you get those sources together to understand that with the right people? Yep. That's your fault, Mike. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I do think we covered a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. So I think now would be a good time for us to, we, we can close unless you guys want to keep on going. Um, I'm, good. I'm good. So let's get final thoughts and also make sure you plug stuff. And then I'll do my little closing spiel. And we'll call it a night. Steve, what do you have for us? I've got 30 days of deer homicides to complete. Um, so that's going to be outstanding um, with a bunch of stupid guns. Now I'm at that point where I'm back to like an old Smith 29 and some lever guns and shotguns again now because I'm bored with all the other stuff. Um, training season kicks off hard right after SHOT Show. I'm on it coast to coast like everybody else. Um, you know, it's that time of year, everything starts going on, uh, some, some consulting projects in the works. I got a trip coming up here in a few weeks to see some of our old buddies, uh, from another company that are at some other places now, um, few products sitting on the shelf for final T and E kind of BS stuff that nobody really cares about. Um, yeah, you know, and it's just, it's going to be the same, you know, grind and go, uh, still working heavily with Sons of Liberty Gunworks, great crew there. Just some awesome stuff coming down the works from those guys are very receptive to information, which is outstanding. Especially um, some stuff after shot, which I'm very excited about. Hmm, probably. There's definitely going to be a Sons of Liberty shotgun. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of questions I get about, so you're going to do a shotgun with Sons of Shut up, stupid. Nobody likes shotguns. Um, but, you know, that still, still doing stuff with Nighthawk, Agency Arms, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, Vortex on the, on the backside of some things. It's a good time, you know, just, just still living the dream, having fun. Um, waiting for people's heads to explode when they see some of these stuff dropping this year. It's going to be kind of interesting. Um, don't be surprised. It's not that exciting. <laughs> okay. So then I have a question to tag on with everyone when they do their final stuff, Steve, in your opinion, is shot show going to be worth attending this year? 
for people that need to do business there with some specific face to face. Yes. Um, I don't think from what I've seen so far that there's going to be anything earth shatteringly revolutionary. That's going to matter to most of the people that are going to go anyways, but it's so great to go. Ooh, ah. Um, let's be real as a whole in the industry itself, it doesn't need to happen. It hasn't needed to happen in the past probably 10 years. Um, but it's still a tradition. So it has to go circle on, right? Yeah. yeah, circle mark, right? Like a lot of things, um, you know, it, it's one of those deals, but there's good business there for people that need to have business done, right? Where they need to do it. And that's still a great time for it. Absolutely is, but comma, yeah, whatever. Um, don't be surprised when you see a lack of certain parties this year either. That aren't gonna yeah. A lot of people are like, what? That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen because they don't need to spend, you know, X million dollars anymore on certain things. So cry Magpul and they're, what? There's not going to be maybe big, I don't know. I'm making know. stuff up. Maybe them. Maybe Glock. Maybe others. Who knows? I don't know. But I, I think it's going to be you know again that 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 loop. It'll definitely be worth it for some, and there's definitely others that just like to go, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, been going since 2006 ish, seven. So I'm kind of like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> cool, Eric. Plugs or final thoughts, weather shots worth it. Plugs. Okay. Final thoughts. It, it, it's like support those, inf those sources of information that you find to be reliable, right? Mm. If you're reading stuff and your BS detector goes off, pay attention to it. If you're reading stuff and it's answering the questions that Steve had talked about, pay attention to that too. Um you know, go from there. We're in a different age where if you're interested in writing, it, it doesn't require a shoulder tap. Reach out to people who are in a position to vet your, you know, to edit your work or stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And see if you can work within the editorial confines of of that source and, and try it. Uh, is shot going to be worth it? I'm going to agree with Steve. I think one of the benefits of shot at this point isn't necessarily the new products. It's the renewing the face-to-face -face relationships, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Bob, who Bob, who used to be over here, is now over there. Okay, I got to remember Bob's over there now, right? And who took Bob's place over here? And getting those face-to-face -face interactions, even if it's only ten minutes, it it reminds you that yeah, that's the guy I need to talk to about these things, or they get to find out who they need to talk to about about getting in places. Um, plugs AmericanCop.com. It was a print magazine. It's back as online. I'm the editor there. If you're interested in writing, reach out to me through through there, right? If you can, if you have stuff that might fit in that genre. Um, on the trading side, my company's Cougar Mountain Solutions. It's on Facebook. It's on the Grams. Both of them will get you to the website because the website's a little bit odd to get to right now. <laughs> but you know, I've got space on the calendar for next year, and I like to travel about the country and see what's going on out there both for decent, normal human beings and for Ellie. So thanks <laughs> for having really me good, And some really good food in Billings, Montana. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that that was one of the best recommendations of that trip. <laughs> was that steakhouse in their Manhattans? Yep. Fact. <laughs> hey, Dan, final thoughts. Is shot worth it this year? Plugs. Uh, normally, I would Dan, say- You're the new guy. Oh, shit. Uh, normally, I would say trust but verify, but don't trust anybody. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to add for sources, right? Like, does it sound good? Does it not? Does it vibe with you? Does it not? Also, check against other people. Like, is this consistent? People who are legit and trusted, not just Dan Reedy on the internet. What 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 do some other uh, SMEs say? <laughs> uh, Shot Show. I live here now, so I don't really have to travel. It's it's shorter to get to uh to the show than my normal commute. So yeah, sure, why not? I'll, you know, right. see some people. I'll be there my, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm probably only on the go for two days because I'm not taking time off work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, why not? Um, no, I like it's the people. I, I I still don't know a lot of people, but it's nice to see folks. Uh, you know, and and kind of the uh the culture of it right all, all the readers really like that shit help keep the fire alive um and then plugs if you want to if you like me if you like what i do check me out on primerpeak.com i also am currently writing for ammo land and uh if anybody's listening and wants to pay me to go shoot old guns with old guys i'm your man <laughs> chill <laughs> yes please <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike, Say something great. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm so honored that you asked me to. But um, shots are going to be world to be my thirty first. <laughs> so for me, it is nice. Um, but you know, it, it's not just about me seeing people and seeing the new stuff that comes out. It's also uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't go to shot, who you know hear about it, you know, and oh my god that. That'd be so awesome, but and we write this stuff. So, hey, this is what we saw on day one. This is a day two. This is on the range. Blah blah blah. And yeah, it, it gets them interested, and you know, that's the first thing is you want people to keep learning and coming back. You've got to get them interested in this stuff. Yeah. But um, and I do think your podcast is great. I mean, oh, a lot of guys I know listen to it. And they're you know sitting in their squad cars on shift, and you know they walk away with a lot of knowledge most of the time most of the time some, eh, some of the time <laughs> yeah well i'd say most i got my my grandson just became a uh state trooper in montana oh wow good for him and yeah i've turned him onto the site and the podcast so hope he's listening david <laughs> and this but will I'll be plug. i'll probably release it uh saturday okay and uh to plug out uh, recall magazine concealment off-grid uh gun digest uh, knives illustrated those are the big players right now. There's also a lot of companies I write for that my name might not be on it, but oh. if you read their website, their blogs where it's written by like the owner of the company, yeah, he's not writing it. Searson is. That's what we need, Matt. We need a couple of off-grid. If it's halfway decent. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. That's what we need. I, I do we a lot of ghost episodes. What do you mean? That'd be awesome. We, we did some off-grid episodes. Just taking so, some stuff like from some of those articles or expanding on them and talking about other things. So, you know, I have been, uh, there is a survival series I've been doing. We're mm -hmm. in episode four or five right now. And it's been really, really cool. It, uh, it is not popular at all. That's sad. Yeah. That's real sad. Because <laughs> I got some awesome guys talking about some awesome stuff and these guys get in the weeds with it and they're passionate yeah. and it's such a good discussion and people just don't care. It's yeah. like, oh, stop Stop thinking, just stop thinking about everything has to be sexy gun, this, that. Yeah. Tactical. You know, exactly. I don't know if it's they don't care, but um, I told this to a few people recently. Um, I started dumbing down my articles 
because I was tired. Of, <laughs> I'd walk, I'd literally meet somebody. At, oh, great stuff. I love your writing, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand what you're talking about half the time, oh. but it's great. And I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, it's not great if you don't understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 And I'm not talking, you know, people I grew up with in New York City who don't know one end of a gun from another. I'm talking people in the yeah. industry. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, maybe I'll dial back this MOA stuff or, you know, how many decibels <laughs> on this can, you know, and. Wait, is that at the muzzle or is that at the ejection? Point? Yeah. Yes. But, but you know, it's like, like uh, <laughs> there's always going to be somebody who's going to pick your work up for the first time and read it. And if they look at it like, hey, this is like a science project I read in school. Fuck this. And I'm going to go watch yes. YouTube. <laughs> I, I still yeah. find we want to stop that because we want to engage people and keep them learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jump, jumping into that, like, like I, I find that because I picked, I've listened to a couple of the ones that that Matt's talking about so far with a lot of the guys, you, you know, and it's great because I, I have a lot of their kit, but I spend so much time in the woods, right? Yeah, between hunting, camping, being stuck in a snowdrift in the UP of Michigan in 24 inches of snow last year, which was awesome time for me to check the rest of my kit, you know, and my travels across the country in my truck right and the time i spend outdoors between all that other stuff it's like yeah there's a lot of good juice that needs to get put out there but everybody's like i'll just pick up myself i'm like hey dog there's times i'm going across wyoming right i'll get reception for two and a half hours yep. like 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 it ain't gonna happen for you bro like you're like I, I got news for you <laughs> so your phone and your on star probably ain't gonna save your ass right now yep. but, <laughs> but 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 there's a lot of that right that needs to be addressed too and that's that's why i kind of like you know some of the repo off-grid stuff is always interesting to read too some perspectives on things like that Speaking of which, Steve, there is an uh, an upcoming episode that I'm going to need to borrow you on. Uh oh, I didn't do it, but okay. Yeah, let me know. I have one that I'm trying to work on with Fred Lucas and Moose, and yes. we're going to be talking about uh, old timey woodsman type skill sets and tools. Yeah. Yeah, and that is the dude. That is the most underutilized, underrated cat right now in this industry. Which one? Moose. Oh yeah, and he that he dude, was on an uh, he was on a previous episode, and he was just a pleasure to have on. That guy is such a genius wealth of knowledge, and if that cat ever hangs it up from his current job and comes out into this industry, like people would be stupid not to snatch that guy out of mm-hmm. his boots by his neck. Yeah fact good stuff yeah well as per the norm awesome discussion thanks guys for 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 joining me for letting me pick your brain and sharing your thoughts Mm -hmm. as i usually say make sure you're supporting those sources that you have found to be beneficial if you like what these guys had to say make sure you find them on social media make sure you like subscribe and if they've shared stuff if some of their work has been released and it's you benefited from it, make sure that you're sharing that. That goes with everything primary and secondary. We've been going on for oh, just under three hours. You probably need to hit like already. Um, big thanks to our sponsors. Big thanks to Big Tech's Ordnance, Overwatch Precision, Filster, Primary Arms, Walther. Lastly, big thank you to the Patreon subscribers. Without the Patreon subscribers, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of really cool uh, special projects, video shoots. As a matter of fact, I have, I'm going to start releasing the, the ballistic gel ones. They were casual. If you don't, if, if you're looking for scientific using clipboards and lab coats, that's not it. That's not us. What we did was we shot a bunch of guns in the gel. We, we compared, we were wowed. We were disappointed. 
it was exciting. It was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. So we weren't, it didn't get overly science, sciencey, but what it did do was it gave us some, some frames of reference and it's going to be released a couple calibers at a time. Matter of fact, that's just, I'm just, I just have to hit submit to uh, release it. Um, if you happen to be in the need for, let's see here, stocking stuffers, a new pocket knife, Scallywag Tactical gave me this cool code. I went and bought a bunch. I know I have some of my coworkers are listening and they're going to know now. I got a bunch of uh, cool Scallywag knives for coworkers. If you use the code PNS, Papa November Sierra 10, gives you 10% off. They have holiday sales. Everything's available. It's awesome. But you have to act quick because it runs out. But yeah, use PNS 10 for 10% off. Um, Our kitchen knives are amazing. Yeah, and I, I, I have every, I have almost everything but that. And I think that's going to be my final thing to, to put on top. Um, with the holidays, things have slowed down. We're, I'm going to be jumping back. We're going to be going back into normal uh, uh, release times. Uh, my schedule recently also changed where my days off are slightly different. Even though we just had Thanksgiving and that's a Thursday, I worked that night and I didn't know what day it was. That's how messed up my schedule is. So still on graves, but podcasts are going to probably be still like a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday now. So I think that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else I should say. I probably need to run upstairs and make sure my family's still alive because it's been a couple hours. So that is all. We'll talk to you guys later. Oh, hey, so real quick gun writer horror story. I'm at shot several years ago trying to return some guns that I had for an article. And I make the mistake of walking up to Fisher wearing my messenger bag. Right. And it was one of the chrome ones with the seatbelt buckle on it. So Steve, not knowing what's in the messenger bag, reaches out and goes toink dead center of my chest. <laughs> and the laptop and all the guns go crashing to Mother Earth. Uh, yeah. Love me some Yeti. <laughs> Good times, but good times. Good times. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>